Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and indeed, good night, gentle beings, and welcome back to another episode of a podcast where even the hosts can't tell you what the plan is from one week to the next. Talk until the joy is gone. Apologies, Will. My name is Rooney, and I am frequently ambushed by the intros to these episodes, as my co-host never seems to bring in quite what I expect. And with me is the depraved master of eclectic chat subjects and seeming object of fascination for the ghost in my house... Reggie the Unlovable. <laughs> Clearly not. No. Clearly not. From this morning's conversation that, that uh, Amy and I had with this one, one of the spirits residing in my house, they spe- specified they wanted to talk to you. You text me and you said they want to talk to you. But I've not asked any more because I knew, obviously, I was coming around here to recall. So I yep. thought you could uh, fill me in. Uh, I gathered you would. So elucidate well, me. We decided, because obviously, as we mentioned before, my house seems to be a repository of... Yeah disquiet spirits um and we were planning to do it last night but we didn't get around to it because i was tired and busy so we were like we'll do it after lunch before we start recording after lunch we've got like a two hour window we'll do it then so we sat up downstairs set up the camera amy amy sat there on the sofa because she hasn't done the esther's method before um we popped on the, the blindfold and the headset and everything and away we go so cody and i are sat there asking questions we've got the emfs set up and we've got digital recorder set up as well so yeah. we're capturing everything um started off with a bunch of nonsense uh and then started getting some answers uh and we were asking you know like who are you yeah. what are you here for um and uh, sorry before we go any further do you want to explain to the uninitiated what the estes method it's probably a good is idea it yeah estes 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 method is how that's how the newkirks pronounce it so that's how yeah, i pronounce I know, it but they're also american so yeah i pronounce well, it estes method because i don't think it's an english word to begin with an american and a canadian yeah so you never know you never know estes 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 like okay, like estes. like estefes okay do you want to explain to our uninitiated listeners so to the uninitiated I... listeners prepare to be initiated get, get your red string out i mean if any of our <laughs> our lurkers or normal like, you know, cultists <laughs> haven't gone and watched at least the first season of Hellia after last week, then shame I, on I don't you. know what we're doing wrong. Shame <laughs> on you. But the Estes method is a is a, a method concocted by a chap named Connor J. Randall, who we all know, again, from Hellia yeah. and the Haunted Objects pod, um, where basically you deprive, you have someone who sits there as the conduit. Yeah. It's like using a spirit box, and a spirit box is uh, a device which... Ghosts can apparently manipulate as it scans through radio signals to pick out particular words in the broadcasts to answer questions and, you know, basically pass information on to the living. The Estes method takes it one step further. You isolate the, the individual who becomes the conduit. They have headphones in attached to a spirit box or a, a, an unlocked scanning radio. Then you put a blindfold on them, you know, ear defenders, noise cancelling headphones, some shit like that so that they are isolated and all they can hear is what's coming through the headphones, ostensibly from the spirits. Uh, and then someone else asks them questions and... <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to find something. I'm trying to he's find... He's frantically trying to find something, but instead he's just playing uh, intros to... to stuff. I just realised I'm on the wrong YouTube account, that's why I can't find it. <laughs> Um, okay, sorry. But yeah, basically, uh, so then you ask questions. The person who can't hear then basically says what words they're hearing on the headset, which is the spirit communication, effectively. If you'd like to see your erstwhile hosts mm. perform this method, um, just look up a video on YouTube called Ghost Hunting with Touch Jig. And oh, yes. 
uh, made by our your fiance, made by um, my fiance, you know, the subject of my affection, Amy. <laughs> uh, we actually went and put this into into practice a few weeks ago, and you can see us two knobheads um, performing the Estes method. Talking to ghosts, apparently, on your TV, on your TV, smartphone, or other video capable device. It's called Ghost Hunting with Tajik. And it's nearly got 100 views. So if What's, he hasn't what got... What account is that on of hers? Because she's got so fucking many. The one on... Oh, it's on the Hibiscus Flower one. Okay. It's on the Hibiscus Flower on Touching. Uh, Touching. On YouTube. We're, we're, not a, we're not a social media platform yet. If this um, <laughs> video hasn't got over 100 views by close of business on Wednesday, then you're all just a bunch of cunts. We're, we're going to send um, angry... Cat ghosts to come and piss in your cereal. Right, so I wasn't. Um, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. If you've given, the... I've given a description of the estimate. Okay, method. so so we set up for that downstairs today. Yeah, asked it some questions. We 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 established that it's probably not the old lady, the dead old lady from next door. Have you got the audio from that? Uh, we've got the audio. We've got, but it's it's long and there's lots of lulls in between. Oh, okay, so you couldn't just cut out the interesting bits and edit them in here. Uh, I could, but I'm not going to have time. So. <laughs> I can already tell you I'm going to have time this week. All right, we'll cut that out so we don't <laughs> we don't tease them. <laughs> Maybe we'll use that in another project. Okay. Who knows? Um, but yeah, and we were asking some questions, uh, and we were like, you know, do is there something in particular you want from yeah. us, or something we could do for you if you let us know? <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> like, if, if you let us know, then you know maybe we can help with that. Yeah. Uh, and then it basically started talking about what you're doing this afternoon. Uh, 3.15 or something was the time or six, uh, 4.15 was the time it gave uh, and it was like yeah want to talk to him and we're like well what am I doing this afternoon yeah. that's going to be going on at like 4.15 or 3.15 uh, I'm recording an episode of, of Touching with Reggie I think the ghost and we were like do you want to and then it was like, basically confirmed it afterwards when I asked more questions it confirmed we were like okay right well in that case we're going to close off this session the door for communication is now closed Please go about your otherworldly business. And that's when I text you. I'm like, yeah, apparently one of the ghosts in my house wants to talk to you. Ah. Oh. <laughs> so, Would yeah. I text back like, should we just do it on the pod? And you were like, I ain't got time to say it. Right. I, got, I ain't got time for that. And plus, yeah. it could we could not get anything and then we'd yeah. have to do this anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, well, I've uploaded. I've got the footage of that. That's in that's in the Dropbox now that I linked to you to earlier. Okay. I haven't done the audio yet because that's... The order recorder still downstairs. Oh, um, I'll be watching that later. Yes. That'll be interesting. Just don't fap over my fiance while she's sat on my sofa, right? It's just weird. It's enough fapped over your fiance in worse positions than me sat on your sofa. <laughs> yeah, but she's never been <laughs> blindfolded and deaf before. I mean, that's a whole new fetish. Can I <laughs> use MS Paint to paint a cage around her just so, just so I get really turned on? Only if you post it into the cultist chat. Because <laughs> we can use that. That's promo material right there. Our standards for promo <laughs> material are very, very low, low folks. <laughs> very low. <laughs> um, I like to. I like to take back something I said last week, which is becoming again a re- recurring theme. <laughs> it is, and I'd like to uh, an apology. So first, I'm gonna take back the horrible comments I made about Connor J. Randall last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be on. I'm going to be completely honest with you, Connor, if you hear this. Um, Reggie is not who I am. <laughs> I am in podcast mode, and podcast mode means that I am a bit of a troll. I basically just say things without thinking, and um, 
<laughs> so you don't think he's a rodent is what you're trying to say i don't think he's rodent like i also don't think he's david christie and i also don't think that um he's a bit of a creeper he's creep at all <laughs> i think he's I, I think he's a well-rounded paranormal investigator that brought a hell of a lot to the whole helio project <laughs> there you go comment and, and why why this sudden recall of the uh if your comments you made last week. I'll be honest with you. I felt bad about them <laughs> when I... I didn't feel bad about them when I said them. You did, you did... I don't know. You did kind of backtrack a little bit later in the episode. Yeah, I tried. But <laughs> mostly when I listened back to the episode, I cringed. And I was like, oh, if it wasn't like nine o'clock on a Tuesday night... Three At hours which point before, I would have told you to fuck yeah. off if you'd asked me to edit anymore. For three hours before this, this episode goes live, I would have asked you to edit out. But... Even I knew I, I was getting a fuck off, so I just left it and decided that moving forward, I would think slightly more before I spoke. But um, yeah, so sorry, Connor. I'd also like to apologise to Will. I know this is... What? Weird. This is unheard of. This is weird and it doesn't happen. Oh, it's never happened before. It will never happen again. But um, he had a clever idea. But the last episode of every other oh, week. Okay. Yeah. I have at the, at the time of recording, I haven't listened to it yet, so I, I don't know exactly how clever it was. But I have heard he had a clever idea and uh, it backfired. We on him. scuffered him. Yeah. It didn't backfire. We backfired on him. Yeah, <laughs> he relied on us to do what we said we would be doing. Yeah. Well, no, we didn't. He no, because the, the schedule is not. Actually, no. Yeah, we don't. We don't announce what's coming. It's only in very rare occasions we actually announce what's coming up, and we didn't do that for last week. No, he, he assumed he thought he figured out our schedule. He thought he knew the formula, guys, and therefore he planned something on his ep- on his pod, which didn't happen because we didn't cover the film we're covering today. <laughs> we put it off. Yeah. And then he further apologies because <laughs> on Friday I texted him and told him when I'd put this episode into the schedule and I was like, it coincides with this episode of every other week. So if you want to do this, you can do this. But then someone dropped out on us last night. They did. And so the schedule got rejigged again. Because <laughs> <laughs> today's episode shouldn't have been today's episode. Technically today's episode should have been last week's episode and then today should have been a different episode and then today's episode would be next week's episode. But... But at the 11th hour, when we found out our um, our flaky co-host couldn't make it because he was in a completely different part of the country. Because he, he doesn't know how to calendar. Yeah. Um, I had to scramble together and put together an episode for today. Um, and seeing as we both already had notes about last week, it seemed... It would have been stupid not to use them since yeah. we're going to have to at some point. So, uh, sorry, Will. For the first one, and then sorry for my uh, the second one. I know I text you personally, privately, to say this, but I wanted to make it public because you know it will really annoy Roxanne. <laughs> Mark this on your calendars, folks, because she called you a dick so many times, and it wasn't even your fault. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it was our fault. And you know what? I regret nothing. Yeah, I regret nothing. <laughs> Last week's episode was a lovely, refreshing change of pace, and. Just the shot in the arm I needed to, like, to... Apparently so, judging by the conversations we had off mic before, but when you got here today. So, we... It wasn't that. It was was that day out that we had the other week. Mm. Uh, I think I was texting you and Amy for about an hour afterwards. We just... Well, the world's longest fucking WhatsApp message. Fucking essay. (laughs) Because... I had to go on my my laptop to read it, because my phone was like, read more, read more. I was like, fuck this. I was just... 
Yeah, it was that was uh, the manic part of my manic depression coming to the fore. Yes. Then, yeah, the depression went away for a few hours, and I was overwhelmingly was manic. They <laughs> <laughs> were talking about something you'd sent, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah, he's so autistic." And I was like, "Yep, that's the hyperfixation right there." Yeah. yeah. As soon as I become <laughs> like you, you must know over the years. Mm-hmm. As soon as I, I'm like, "Oh, that would be a good idea." The next week, month. Six months, he's just gone with that obsession. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah, so that thing we went out the other week, it, it unlocked a door <laughs> that I am autistically, obsessively ready oh to go Lord. down. Yeah. <laughs> down the rabbit hole. Goodness gracious me. But, yeah, last week was, it was fun. It was, yeah, last week was unexpected. I mean, we were on it. We didn't expect it to go the oh, way. Oh, no, went. not at all. I knew we would have probably a longer intro than normal. Mm. I didn't realise we would, we would record 100 minutes without <laughs> even realising we'd recorded 100 minutes <laughs> because we're both so far down the rabbit hole. Was, we we, we are so far down these rabbit holes. Yeah. It's Yeah, we're basically eating our own pellets at this point. Um. <laughs> How was your week anyway? Because my week was uneventful so i've got nothing to talk about oh i like that's no yeah you like i like uneventful weeks to be honest right now i could do with an uneventful week i've been so fucking busy this week that i'm just exhausted with all your many projects or with work work work's been busy and then coming out of work and doing (laughs) like all the other stuff that i do just day to day yeah and i wouldn't be so busy but i've got this autistic best friend that um Keeps coming with these bright ideas, and I have to like. He's like, "Yeah, right, okay, well, let's do this thing." And I'm like, "Right, well, while he's still interested in it, yeah. I've got to get on it and get as much done as possible." Which is why I was making artwork for a project at like fucking eleven o'clock last Sunday. Yeah, I know, I love it. Um, like you, you know me so well, you're like, I've got a window of three months. If we don't, <laughs> if, if we don't take the first steps in win the first three months, yeah, forget it. Will, it will it. all peter yeah. out. So it'll be on to something else. He'll be trying to get me to do an American football podcast. So I've been <laughs> hounding Amy to do her bits because she's got to do some bits for this that I have no interest or indeed time to do. So I've been hounding her, but I've got to give her the the, the content to actually work on to do that. All these, all these cryptic clues we're dropping here. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's just well, everyone that's not in the cultist chat is just kind of like, what the fuck are they talking about? The cultists are just like, yeah, I mean, he's talking already because he got overexcited. The cultist chat. I got a bone to pick with your fiance. Oh, what did she do? She's meant to be like my friend, <laughs> protecting me from the crazies, bitch. Yeah. I'm fucking fiance and she doesn't she doesn't even attempt to protect me the other week i said to her amy how do you fancy protecting both your favorite boys and she said i always do and then yesterday i found out she's colluding with a certain roxanne <laughs> behind my back and i don't know what's coming <laughs> it's not it's not as easily easy to predict as the last episode of uh, every other week so i'm a little bit uh i'm a little bit confused and wary there, there, I, i'm aware there is collusion to one degree or another. I'm assuming it's for a future mystery envelope, but I don't know for certain. Oh, there's, yeah. It, no, could, look, this, it could just be like, you know, strange cocktails they're going to try and The two of me. them are just, yeah, really, and really. Pie. Um, <laughs> it worries me, shall we say. It could be that, you know, one of them is trying to roofie me at your party and they want to, uh, like, you know, disguise the taste of roofie so they're going to put pickle juice in my drink. I don't know. 
but I'm wary of both of you now. And I'm, uh, my eyes are open, and I will not. They will remain open until he takes that first sip of Jack Daniels yeah, and yeah. Coke, at which point they will close. <laughs> I'm just drinking water at your party. They'll there. just cosh you. Yeah. They will literally just hit you around the back of the head with a stick yeah. and drag you off for whatever nefarious plan they have. Time me up like Luca Magnara and be like, you always wanted to go viral, right? Or maybe that's why there's that DIY cage kit being built in my back garden. Now you know how it feels. How the turns have tabled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you have no idea what they're cleaning. I have no idea. Oh, I, well, I mean, I know Amy's doing the Christmas... Special. She's organising a Christmas special this year. Is she on theme of uh, touching pretense uh, Victorian Christmas? I have no idea. I know that she's been putting things together and having ideas for the last four months because she was talking to me about it yesterday. Okay. I'll without actually giving me any clue or inside information. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're like this, mate. That's yeah. her on top. Um, Always on top. <laughs> But um, and I'm like, yeah, she'll let she'll let something slip. She'll let slip, but she absolutely hasn't. When she lays you flat on your front, yeah, and she straddles you and she gets it in so she can get that full length in there. Does it hurt your back? Because I've often been told that position hurts the receiver's back. Yeah, watch for my back is so fucked up, mate. It wasn't until she started getting all fucking dominant, and now my back is totally my back is screwed more than my arsehole, I tell you. Well, if your back needs a break, mine's fine. So <laughs> <laughs> let her know. <laughs> I should pass the message along. If she doesn't get it. She she doesn't get my virginal behind unless she stops closing. Virginia, what? It's from Virginia. <laughs> yeah. I think you mean virginal. Virginal. <laughs> Both. Both. The rest of me is pure Harlow Essex, but that part. That part you had imported from Virginia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Surgically attached to your own buttocks. Yes. Well, uh, I never. Yeah, she's got to stop colluding, though. Like, I am off lim- limits to her own. <laughs> While she's still colluding, because I don't like this <laughs> collusion. She just won't tell you. She'll just be more subtle in future. She'll just be far more subtle about this collusion. <laughs> I mean, at least you know to to expect the smell of pickle juice yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> so you can be on your guard at the moment you sniff it. Be wary for the, the, yeah. the club to the back yeah. of the head, just behind the ear. It's <laughs> all right. I got Miss, uh, yeah, I got Mrs. Casey Vanilla. She protected me last uh, your last party. She'll protect me at this one. She absolutely will not. No, she won't. <laughs> <laughs> not, not from them too. No, anyway. she will just, she will just let them have at you. Yeah. <laughs> the other two, she'll protect me from. Not them. Not two, those. Right. Oh no, God no. She'll, she'll be, ste- she'll be steadying the camera. Yeah. <laughs> she'll be setting up the tripod. <laughs> going to show this next week of forest school <laughs> what not to do when a stranger offers you a drink <laughs> but they're not strangers there's yeah. no stranger danger because you know them both which just makes it worse really yeah. um <sighs> okay so i had to pull my intro together at the 11th hour yeah pull we- your finger out of your ass yeah and then use your, your Virginia last. <laughs> yeah, the clean one to type out my intro. <laughs> Why are you holding your fingers like that? Because I, I would use this one. No, I know. So I know. I I've been there, that. mate. <laughs> not to not for, not to Virginia, but I mean, with the, the hypothetically, it would be this one. So I have to type with the clean one. Um, I use that. I uh, know. I use the middle one because it's longer. Oh my god! You just—he nearly just fell off his chair and headbutted my three D printer. You always find me under the bus. I, I am, just... because if I have to put up with this shit, these people need to know, okay? You Listen, are a fucking hazard. I'm autistic, all right? It's, you're a liability. It's, this is bullying. This is not bullying. bullying. I'm not bullying you because of your autism. <laughs> I'm bullying you because you're a cunt, okay? 
You need to, I need to make that very, very clear. I don't care if you're autistic, you're a prick. That's what I'm bullying you for. It's not your disability, it's your personality. It's your personality. God. God, I'm just like Will. <laughs> <laughs> That's Which why you two are so me, close. I haven't actually written this down. I had this idea. So I'm... <laughs> yeah, I love it. You can get in your phone out and then something occurs to you and you put it back down again. Because I had this idea for a TV show pitch. Oh, God. Will, brace yourself, mate. And it would have been used on a future episode when I actually sat down and thought we throw it. But <laughs> fuck it. We fuck need, it, who cares? We need content this week. So do you remember in the 90s how there was all those really funny sketch shows like Goodness Gracious Me, Harry Enfield and Charms, The oh, Far yeah, Show? Yeah. No one makes sketch shows anymore. This is true, they don't. They're a lost form of comedy. There is a <laughs> gap in the market for a really good sketch show. So I was thinking <laughs> Life from the Compound. Life from the Compound. Sketch show entirely based on members of the cult. Oh lord! So, like, Mister and Missus Vanilla can be the two play the two most prudish characters ever, and basically they'll be in like we'll write scenarios for them, but they'll be in like everyday situations where someone does something that's minorly offensive, and then they just blow up <laughs> and get really offended by it. And it's hilarious that they're ridiculous things they get offended by. Then you got Will. Who I thought could play the role of? Do you remember in Harry Enfield and Charms? There was the uh, the annoying guy that turned up and was like, "It's only me, only me." You didn't want to do that, did you? <laughs> you I thought, don't want to do that. Will has got the most acerbic personality of anybody <laughs> I know, and he's highly annoying. So we could put him in scenarios like that, <laughs> where he just turns up and starts trying to school people and stuff, but in a really annoying way. <laughs> I, I really. I was sorry. actually going to go really. I was not going to diss you at all <laughs> today, but then. Um, yeah. I, I actually feel sorry for anyone that's become friends with you in like the last four or five years, because it seems anyone that has is fair game for the most heinous insults. <laughs> there is just no filter. <laughs> Some of us are protected, like by the grandfather oh, clauses. The other but- week, I was like. You know, Will, our friend, we can sell him on Chatterbait. And then you spend three minutes talking about how he was the ugliest motherfucker on earth and no one would pay for him. And then I took it. Yeah, but that's that's my... And then I have spent two weeks getting ripped apart from it. That's my love language. Right. Yeah, you my know, love I, language I abuse you, I abuse him, I abuse Amy. Listen, you know. our joint love language is abuse, all right? If we abuse you on this podcast, it means we like you. Or we're just desperate for content. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought we could play characters like uh so we would walk into situations where there's a very easy fix to whatever it is <laughs> but then we completely fuck it up yeah yeah, yeah. That, and that sounds about right hilarity ensues we can put roxanne in like smutty scenarios where as a as a mistress she has to try and control her sex workers but it never quite works out. i think it'd be better to put her in very very vanilla situations and just have her totally slut it up perfect this is why we're coping she's going through the self-service checkout and she has to self-service see this is why i run my ideas ideas past you because like we collaborate and we Excuse come me, madam, better can ideas you, can you take that chorizo chorizo out of your drawers this is a deli counter madam <laughs> amy can play the youtube host that just ends up having to get a kit off in every video <laughs> She's a boob tuber. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a little bit of like boobs as well so we stay on brand? Ah, win-win. Touch you, life on the compound. It would be perfect. Compound. 
Well, that's what cults live, right? On compounds. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, from what little I know of cults, yes. Yeah. So every day our cultists compounds or kingdom halls get, ourselves, get themselves in humor, humorous scenarios, <laughs> and then they, they come back to the compound. I'm just, I'm just worried that a bit like this podcast, our humor is a little bit too niche. You know, there's this little corner I, of the internet that we appeal to. I think, like. Midnight on Dave, this would kill. Midnight on fucking Dave. Students and stoners would love it. Yeah, they probably would, actually. This would kill at Midnight on Dave. Or or they'd all get very offended because they don't like anything that's actually offensive No, because it's on, no, this is the genius part. It's on Dave. So it doesn't count. So it doesn't count because there's this only, like, you know, ignorant non-snowflakes that, that watch Dave, you know, brown for British. Dave. Pardon me. Although only for Taskmaster. Have you ever watched Taskmaster? Yeah, Ash made me watch it once. It's fucking brilliant. I it love that program. When we get that Joe Rogan money and are famous enough, yeah. I'm going to go on there and, and make Completely a complete arse of my myself. Thunder, then I was on a roll of jokes about Dave and then... <laughs> I mean, you could have just turned that into jokes about me, but clearly you're not that talented. No, I'm not. Shame. It's a shame I do a podcast. Really. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a crying shame. It is. I cry myself to sleep every Sunday night. Fake Madeline McCann's apology to girl's parents as she denies claiming to be her... What? What is this? Uh, no longer potential Maddie, the Polish woman who shot to internet fame after claiming to be Madeleine McCann, has apologised to the Missing Tots family for causing them sadness. Oh, for fuck's sake. No longer potential Maddie, shot to internet fame after she made a number of explosive claims suggesting she might be the Leicestershire girl who went missing while on holiday in Portugal in 2007. Her old Instagram account called... I am Madeleine McCann, amassed over 1 million followers as Julia shared her supposed evidence. Now, I'm not going to make the claim that we put out quality entertainment every week, (laughs) but we put out a somewhat hilarious and original (laughs) podcast every week. And we don't have a million followers. No, I know. So who can we claim to be to get a million followers and then just use that platform to just pimp touching? We should have just named this, this podcast We Are Maddie. And then people would have come in, even just get hate follows. We are Maddie McCann. And we could have just claimed that they took us away to a no. science secret lab and cloned us. What with us both being genetically male, we identify as We Maddie identify McCann. as Maddie. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's both the best and worst thing we've ever suggested. <laughs> my God. We identify as Maddie McCann. That's what we should have called this podcast. We'd have millions of followers. I mean, look, I got a sharpie and poked myself in the eye, so I got one of them things now. We'd, we'd probably also have to be in police protective custody by now, but <laughs> this included her claiming to have the same eye condition as Madeline, as well as moles in the same places, an identical dimple, and similarities with her parents. Now, a sharpie can do the moles <laughs> and the eye thing. Um but the eyeliner pencil can do them. The dimple, we may have to just like, you know. A little bit of light scarification. Yeah, people people dig that shit these days. That'll be fine. Uh, she enlisted the help of a private detective and self-professed psychic, Dr. <laughs> Fear Johansson. <laughs> we love Dr. Johansson. Who claimed to uncover a number of other clues, such as a lack of medical records for Julia in the city she said she grew up in. However, the question was put to bed after a 23andMe genetics test showed that um, no longer potential Maddie is nearly 100% Polish. Since those results were released, Julia has returned to Poland from the US where she supposedly travelled to for her own safety after the pair claimed she had received death threats. Um, 
no longer potential Maddie, has now set up another Instagram account and late last night in- issued a lengthy statement on it. <laughs> Part of it saw her apologise for bringing sadness to the McCann family. Julia also insisted she never outright claimed to be the missing top. <laughs> <laughs> that is, despite the name of her old Instagram account, I am Madeline McCann. I am Madeline McCann. <laughs> and the comparisons with Madeline and her family she repeatedly posted on there. Julia said in her latest statement, I don't remember most of my memories, but I can remember some things, and I never said that I am Madeline McCann. I used this sentence to create a nickname for my old Instagram account. It was my mistake, and I know it, and I apologise for that. I should I should have used the words, am I Madeline McCann, not <laughs> I am. So it was my fault, and it wasn't my intention to bring sadness or any other negative emotion to anyone, especially in the McCann family. My main purpose was always to find out who I am and what exactly happened in my very hurtful past. But it oh. gets worse for no longer potential. <laughs> oh, God. Fake Madeline McCann's phone seized by police as investigation launched. What are they investigating now? Then I'll tell you at the end Okay. what I know anyway. Police have reportedly contacted their counterparts in Poland after obtaining a phone they believe belong to no longer potential Maddie, the Polish woman who claimed to be Madeleine McCann. Police in the US have launched an investigation after obtaining the device they believe belonged to the Polish woman. Uh, no longer potential Maddie claimed she was the missing toddler and Dr. Fia Johansson was helping her prove her claims, but a 23andMe genetics test eventually proved no longer potential Maddie is 100% Polish, putting <laughs> her theory to bed. Dr. Johansson had flown Julia to the US after the claim she had received death threats. Um, no longer potential Maddie returned to Poland following the test results. She and Dr. Johansson also had a public falling out on Instagram, with the latter claiming no longer potential Maddie was <laughs> struggling to accept the results. Now, the saga has taken another dramatic twist with police in California, where no longer potential Maddie was staying, <laughs> reportedly making contact with their counterparts in the Polish city of Roklaw, where she lives. A source told some online rag, the Orange County Sheriff's <laughs> Department informed police in Poland <clears throat> that had obtained a device believed to have belonged to no longer potential Maddie. The Sheriff's Department confirmed to the publication that the phone was involved in the probe, but refused to provide further details about the nature of the investigation. Department spokesman Sergeant Mike Woodruff told that same online rag, we are not going to make any comments about the case. Our investigation is taking a deep look into it and we are going to let, let them do... Sorry, our... Oh, yeah, terrible. Yeah, right. So bad. <laughs> our investigators are taking a deep look into it and we're going to let them do their investigative duties and then from that point, let the judicial system take over if it needs to. In response to that online rag, mm-hmm. uh, no longer potential Maddie claimed on Instagram there is no open, active investigation about her in Poland. Now I got some questions. Okay. Is this the last we're going to hear from no longer potential Maddie? Probably not. No. Because people are going to want to hound this. This is hello. Fucking hell. The cult of touching again. Uh, um, it's always <clears> those cunts. <throat> um, they yeah, people are still going to want to know what's going on with this. There's going to be people that are angry about this. There's going to be people who don't want to let it go. The conspiracy theorists will get out their fucking tinfoil hats and be, oh no, this is a cover up by the government. She is mad. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think this is going to be the last we'll hear of her. No, I also think that if no longer potential Maddie was willing to go to D's extent, this extent, sorry, to get some uh, attention. Yeah, she's not going to let it go. No, and she'll have other other schemes up her up her sleeve to continue this <laughs> attention. Right? She's in mm-hmm. the spotlight. She's not going to let it go. No. Um, how quickly do you think Doctor Johansson? kicked her to the curb once she found out she was Polish. I can imagine within minutes she deleted and blocked her. It's like, look, accept it. You're not Maddie, you're Polish. Um, but I... No, no, you won't accept it. We're, we're done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done here. I'm off to add more titles to yeah. my ever-growing collection. You know, you are no longer bringing me revenue. So, She's goodbye. Be, next time we hear from her, it'll be Professor, Doctor, yeah. Mediumship, Johansson... <laughs> Private investigator <laughs> <laughs> slash cryptozoologist. <laughs> yeah, she's just going to keep adding titles to it. Vampirologist. Vampirologist. <laughs> I just like we've been predicting this for weeks, right? That she would kick her to the curb the yep. second she wasn't uh, revenue viable yeah. anymore. But to actually see it, I was just like, oh. to see it all happening almost <laughs> in real time. I'm just like. Sometimes I hate how right we are about the awful behaviour of other humans. The insidious nature of humanity. It would be really nice if, you know, we'd said... <laughs> we no, were wrong. Yeah. yeah, if we were wrong. And, and you know, quite spectacularly wrong. Yeah. As if it, you know, it came out, no, she's not Maddie. She's now staying with Dr. Johansson. Yeah, she's Dr. Johansson she's, she's legally adopted her. She's legally <laughs> adopted her, or, or they're getting married, or I don't know, they're just living together, and she's keeping an eye on her. Yeah. And we could go, you know, okay, we were wrong about Dr. Cryptozoologist, Blackboard Monitor. Um, medium. Medium, private investigator Johansson. Yeah. Um, but no, once again, we have depressingly been proved yeah. spot on. Unfortunately, we took the negative approach, and the negative approach turned out to be the right 99% one. 99% of the time is how it goes. Finally. Why on earth would the American police want her phone? I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a Huawei, and they're worried about that China was behind it. Yeah, maybe, maybe they they're thought, just trying to get TikTok off her phone. So. Maybe they thought she was a spy balloon. <laughs> But as with all the spy balloons, they have to wait until they've done their job and left the country, then they shoot them down. The only thing I can think is that there's, like, something damaging on there. There's either text messages where she's saying, like, yeah, I know this is fake, but... Yeah, it's got to be something they think is incriminating. All eyes are on me. Or there's some video footage of maybe things, bad things happening to no longer potential Maddie. Yeah. That they've seen and they're like, oh, Someone's someone's given them a hint somewhere along the line and they now think... Something on this phone is gonna. There's gonna be a case behind it. You think if you were both a medium and a private investigator, you'd know well enough not, not to let that phone out of your sight ever, right? You would. However, you know, I mean, I can claim all these fucking titles. It doesn't make me any of them. So, uh, hang on, hang on. In in defence of the absolute monster that is Doctor Johansson, we assume, yeah, allegedly. Oh, come on. <clears throat> She, just because she's not a nice person doesn't mean she's she a exploited. I'm not a nice person. She exploited a poor 21 year old girl, put her on the fucking front um, page. No, what was they called it in war? Front line of like an ongoing <laughs> investigation, right? And then as soon as it turns out she's not <coughs> financial, not revenue viable anymore, she kicked her to we're the assuming, curb. We're assuming. We're assuming. Oh yeah, this is From what, all. This is all assuming. This is all assumption based on based online on some, rags. A few like you know terribly written articles. Yeah, there. so we could be wrong. We could be wrong, but if we're not, 
she's a fucking monster. Would you not expect her to, like, you know, just be on it? Like, we can't have any traces. We can't. Nothing. Oh, absolutely. Send yeah. her back to Poland. We're done. Yeah. Wipe all that shit. Destroy the phone yourself. Yeah. But, oh, well, maybe she's maybe she was just so keen to distance herself from it. She, she made silly mistakes. Now she could be in trouble. Yeah. It's funny, though, right? Considering <laughs> she had to go to America because of the death threats. But, but she now was able she to go just go straight just... back. I love it when you're about to say something contrary because your voice changes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me when I'm telling a wind-up dad joke downstairs. Amy knows it's coming because apparently my voice changes. Okay, so when I get I get serious and like... You just, hmm, it's funny how... <laughs> it's just, oh, here we go, here we go. <laughs> He's about to insult someone. He's about to say something <laughs> passive-aggressive. <laughs> so we watched a film. Are we jumping into that already? Last week, on a bike. this week. What is the time? Uh, we're only like 35 minutes in. Oh, okay. Uh, you really didn't have much of an intro, did you? No, that was it. <clears throat> oh, well, my I, Lord. I didn't find out. <laughs> I had to prep an entire episode till like, you know, yesterday evening. <laughs> I love how it would have been even shorter if we hadn't done the Esther's method yeah. earlier. And part of that prep was like two, uh, two and a half hour film this morning. So, <laughs> like, I don't really know what you can't want from me. I Honestly... I write a schedule. I stick to the schedule most weeks. <laughs> it's not my fault somebody else couldn't read the schedule. <laughs> Put together. Oh no, I'm on holiday that week. Uh, we just. Uh, well, I'll take this. 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 We could just make fun of the cutways for 25 minutes if you want. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because again, that's very niche humour. Okay. Um, well, we'll just take this opportunity to reiterate that if you would like to be a guest on here, we have had people. We have actually had at least one person go out of their way to contact us and say, yes, I yeah. would very much like to be a guest. Yeah. Um, Shout out all the way from Shaolin. <clears throat> yeah, what he said. Um, okay, uh, you never get it. <laughs> nope. Absolutely. Up the toffees. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I follow him on Twitter, so I see stuff. Um, <laughs> you see how he's nearly as depressed by as me by football this season. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> two commiserating each other. <laughs> <laughs> you should get a Twitter account as well, so the two of you just, I could put you in a little list together. No, my team's worse. <laughs> <laughs> my team has made me more miserable than you. My team bought your best player last season, and we don't even play him. <laughs> <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, and we've got a couple of other guests uh, lined up throughout the course of this year. Um, I need to reconfirm one of them because it's happening in mid-June, which is oh, approaching is rapidly. Yes, that one. I keep seeing that film keeps popping up and I'm <laughs> looking for stuff to watch. And I'm like, no. No, we've already June. got a date set for that one. Yeah. Um, but, yes, if, if you would like to be on here, then we're not talking to you cultists because we've spoken to all of you. Um, <laughs> well, no, we're not speaking to you, Ash, Sorry, Mr. Vanilla, Pimp, Roxanne, or Amy. Because we've had all of you on here. Yeah. The rest of the cultists, you know, you're, you're welcome on. <laughs> when did the Pimp come on? He was on the Christmas special. Yes, yeah, so was everyone on the Christmas special. Oh, yeah, no, good point. Yeah. Yeah, all right, Miss Pimp, you don't include yourself in that group that's excluded. You're, you're welcome as well. If you want to come and talk to us about, I don't know, Pink Floyd or Britney Spears, we can do that. But pick a band t-shirt. You've got a lot of them. We saw, I've seen your Instagram. Um... <laughs> He's graduated to the point where we can now call him out on yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Congratulations, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to be a guest and you want to See, this come is on how non-acerbic non your personality is. Will, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got it week one that I knew him. You, you've had all these months before of like, 
No, we can't really pick on him. We've got we like to make sure we've got to sound the person out before we go to town on them in public. And if anybody thinks that I'm overly harsh on Will, just you want to hear what he says about me, you can't. Yeah, just come and listen to last week's episode of Every Other Week, where they both reveled in just <laughs> ripping me a new one and leaving this cunt completely alone. What can I say? Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> I am the glorious leader. Like, like on a serious <laughs> note, right? I'm the one behind the scenes that's like supporting them. Stop putting back the curtain. Giving them like great like feedback about their podcast. Like trying to help them, positively re- reinforcing them. They get me on the mic and they just go after me. You completely ignore them and you're fine. I remain aloof and mysterious. <laughs> That was meant to be my character. It was, but you're shit at it. Because <laughs> now that you're not depressed, you're, like people can't confuse your qui- your depressive quietness for this aloof mysteriousness. No. They're just like, oh, he's just a bit of a knob, isn't he, really? Yeah. What is this other guy, though? Is he gay? Isn't he gay? <laughs> is he any good at this? Does he actually do anything? We don't know. Narratives, people. Narratives. Uh, coming in year three, the narrative of, oh, I can't leave me alone. <laughs> Does anybody not remember rule number three of the Cult of Tajik? Or rule number two, I can't remember which one now. All admiration, attention, <laughs> and adulation goes to Rooney. <laughs> you're, all, you're all walking the line of getting kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> They'll go off and form their own cult with blackjack and hookers. This is our cult. We call it the Every Other Week cult, but we have to spell it with a different letter. <laughs> There was already 12 cults with that name. What we should, you know what we should do to stop, because I know what will happen. You'll get fucking autistically inspired to go off and create another fucking media project. And you'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be called this. And then like, you'll go out and you'll create a fucking Instagram like you do. Mm. Um, and then, like, I'll actually go and do some research and be like, no, there's already, like, half a dozen things called this. Yeah. So what we should do is just go out, pick a whole bunch of really cool names that we use for everything, and just claim all the social medias for them. I can do that. I mean, nobody knows all the Instagram accounts that I have. No, you're a fucking, you're like a spider just sat in your web of Insta lies. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, bored. Create another account. Create another account. All right, let's, let's have a look. I'll tell you how many accounts I've got. On I'm Instagram. not sure who's got more. You you with your Instagram accounts or Amy with her fucking YouTube channels? One, two, three, four. only five. Only five. And only one of them is for me. The other four are all like... I mean, yeah, I, I have one Instagram for me and then two that I manage for other groups, but yeah. <laughs> they're not mine. I just run them on behalf of the groups. Oh, five. I'm going to need another one for my new project, the fiction project. <laughs> And then I'll need another one for every other project we start. (laughs) (laughs) It's no good because we keep getting inspired to start new projects. And then, like, apparently these days, a key part of any project is having an Instagram. Yeah, because if you don't and you put your project out in the world, some cunt's going to go steal steal the name, put it on Instagram, and then suddenly you're going to be bartering with them to try and get, you know, the <laughs> domain you need to pimp your product off of someone else. And I ain't doing that. So before we tell the world, we locked down everything. We locked down then, all the things we need. Yeah. Like yes. a certain other podcasting project that I secured all of the social medias for about 18 months ago. <laughs> Double D. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. I, I, I will work on that as well. Once I finish Oryx to Zeric, then I'll have some, some time to do that one. Okay. <laughs> Well, you, you let me know and I'll do my bit. One of these fucking projects has got to make me some money at some fucking point. Till then, we're focused on... This one. This one, obviously. The other one. 
the yes one. yeah that one uh the other channel that goes along with that mm. and then i'll 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 work on my fiction one you work on the work to zarek and then <laughs> we're, we're all good all right to zarek when's the next episode out um fourth of uh fourth of may oh made the fourth be with you which is yeah cause, is it the fourth of may oh, it's the first saturday in may i can't okay. remember where, Whatever when it falls. That is. work yeah. out yourselves people first saturday in may and then I've only got one more episode, and then I'm out of episodes, so I really need to finish the next two to get me up to six, yeah. which is a sensible point, I feel, to... That's episode one! So Sorry, that's season one! Ta-da! And then that gives then, me, like, six months or something to go away and do the other six. When we launch the actual network, yeah, season two can be the thing that we can launch. Be, yeah, there we go. See, we've got plans, people. They may not be very good plans, but we got them. And most of them are in Reggie's head. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> All of these plans are in Reggie's head because he doesn't know how to use a computer to put things down on paper. I do, but Rooney hasn't got the time to correct on my grammar, so I just tell him. <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> I forget. Plus, the more the more stuff I like, if I put it all down in paper, I just get several emails like, "We can't do this for such and such reason. We can't do that for such and such." Yeah, reason. but he prefers to wait until like the eleventh hour to tell me these things, and then I go, "No, we can't do that because legal." Yeah, we haven't got any time. <laughs> we have to do it now. We have to do it now. <sighs> that's that's going to be my fucking villain origin story. I learned that technique from all the women in my life that would say, oh, I just got to pop into town, one shop, I promise. And then, you know, four hours later, we're in the ape shop while I'm sat outside the changing room waiting for them to try on something. They're not going to buy it. They're not going to buy it. They just want to try it on. So no, Look, I'll point that with you. It makes, them, it makes them feel pretty, okay? Maybe if you appreciate the women in your life more, they wouldn't need to go to such lengths to, to, to make themselves feel better. I mean, I can't argue with that. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Fuck you. This wasn't a bit. This was just life advice. Yeah, well, if you, if you appreciated Amy, she wouldn't be sending me all her messages, would she? No, she would, because I'm telling her, like, leave me the fuck alone, girl. I'm not interested. <laughs> Go bother Reggie. I'm He's doing more right. artwork. Shut up. I've got to put this dildo on a cow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? <laughs> really, why not? Why not? Cow dildos. Yeah. We watched a film this week. We did indeed. <laughs> Actually, we didn't. We watched a film last week. And again, this week. Well, you did. I didn't. Yeah, well, as previously mentioned, I've, I've been so far down the paranormal rabbit hole this week <laughs> that I completely forgot. So I had to, like, you know, pop my head up, <laughs> remind yourself that other things exist. Yeah. 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 And then uh, I specifically, well, right. My plan today was I had a whole bunch of sensible shit. Non-paranormal shit I was going to do before the episode today. Yeah, and then, because I was like, I need to I need to pull my mind out of the paranormal stuff into into a more touchy headspace. So I'll you know interact with the normal world, get pissed off of it, and that will be my impetus. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, two of you guys at the shop. I'm sure between like the two minutes from your house to the shop <laughs> and back, the outside that world would have fucked you up. Yeah. Um, and then, like, we sit down to have lunch, and Amy puts on Sam and Colby talking about the most haunted forest in the world. And I'm like, mm. oh, for fuck's sake. Okay, fine. Uh, and then, obviously, we follow that on by doing an Estes session downstairs to talk to the spirits in my house. And I'm like, no. No, this was specifically not supposed to be a spooky day until after recording. It's like three years in, we're just like... Yeah, that podcast we've been doing that you all love, we're just going to kick it to the curb because suddenly we're all, all autistically obsessed. It's with the paranormal, paranormal podcast now. Um, Talking till the ghosts are gone. <laughs> <laughs> Rebranding. 
talk to the people that have gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it's just like things are conspiring. I don't want to use the word because it's been used. Oh, I forgot about this. Oh, is this now? Yeah. This is the emergency signal, by the way, people. Oh. Cool. I deliberately didn't deactivate that because there's a way to go in and, and deactivate emergency yeah, alerts. Well. But I wanted to see what it was like. And I knew it was going to happen during this episode, even though according to all my all of my clocks are a minute early. It was supposed to be at three o'clock. It's one minute too. Um, didn't the, um, the spirits say something about like three, three fifteen? Something was going to happen. They did mention there was a fifteen in there, and it's obviously three o'clock is fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that word again that I'm not saying because that word has been mentioned in my life over the last three weeks, way too much. Aside from me, aside from you. Oh really? Uh, fucking even Cody is coming out of it now. Cody. <laughs> Daddy. Daddy! <laughs> that word <laughs> I'm just like no um, but yeah and, and so yeah I ended up doing spooky stuff today when I deliberately didn't want to do spooky stuff okay um, but so, then I was up here listening to Angus McSix when you arrived because I was that was my palate cleanser okay I was going to say because you don't come across as angry Rooney you come across as like you know quite excited about life Rooney too. yes because I was listening to Angus McSix yeah. <laughs> anyway we need to get back on brand next week Back on brand. Yeah. I'll send you some articles Sunday morning to really wind you up. <laughs> <laughs> they don't always need Angry Rooney. No, but they've got, like, you know, happy Reggie and Rooney for two weeks running. Now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't think they can handle that. We become The happier we get, we become more unrelatable to our listenership. So well, Maybe we can evolve our listenership to people who aren't miserable fuckers. Oh, Oh, crap, this is probably the worst time to do it. I don't mean any offence by this, oh, but Lord. shout out, Sean. Chin up, mate. If you need any help, I'm always here. That was pretty bad timing, it but was. it was also something I was meant to do earlier in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have forgot and kick, kicked myself. So apologies for the bad timing, Sean. But Bad timing, but you should be used to that by now. We both genuinely have your best interests at heart. Not, mate. Again, this is going to trigger the cultists. What the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about? I know. <laughs> it's not just your buttons, I press. It's like, the or, other, it's like the other. It's like last week when I was like, couldn't think of two people I'd rather be in a frapple with. <laughs> just throw it out there. Lord, we watched a film last week. <laughs> yeah, we did. And we wrote notes about a film last week. Um, do you want to tell our lucky listeners what film we watched? We watched Avengers: Age of Ultron. We did. And it was better than we thought. Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's been a few weeks since we made that gag. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, I have to admit, I enjoyed this film way more than I expected to. I'd only ever seen it <laughs> once before at the cinema. Oh, really? I saw it at the cinema and I walked away and I was... I don't know. I was probably depressed looking through my shit-covered glasses. That probably, day. yeah. And I was like, not what? <laughs> so I, my vague <laughs> recollection was that it was it was possible, but it wasn't that good. I was shocked because I really thoroughly enjoyed this film. I enjoyed this film when I first saw it. I enjoyed it rewatching it. I enjoyed rewatching it again for this. Yeah, pardon me for this episode because it's one of my favourite things, which is an army of of faceless drones getting their asses kicked by like superheroes, and yeah. it's just like. I can do that. I can I can watch shit like that all day. It struck me as like the events that would have played out 
uh, post Terminator 2 had the Avengers been in that universe. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> God, like yeah. Skynet's taken over. Don't worry. Avengers are here. Avengers are on it. Jarvis. <laughs> Avengers, the age of Skynet. Age of Skynet. There's the crossover. <laughs> There's the crossover nobody knew they needed. Franchise crossover. You're welcome, James Cameron. I have to... I'm going to do something for Will now. As like fucking hell, is he bought you a new cock ring or something? No, he sucked it extra good the other day. So. He, he he pretended to be an armless and legless stump to please you, did he? He did. Yeah. Also, I can't remember who it was, but whoever posted that picture in our fucking cultist chat, that scarred me. Roxana. <laughs> was obviously. it Roxanne? Yeah. yeah. Why am I not surprised? Um, Mistress of filth and fromage. Will had this idea of linking their last episode with our last episode, so they. We were meant to talk about this, so then they were going to okay. talk about it too, so we were in cahoots. So I'm going to flip the script, and we're going to talk about Will. <coughs> Will's opinion on this film. Okay. So we, I am going to repay you, Will, <laughs> by linking our podcast the way you want, just the opposite way around. Uh, I can only apologise for the, uh, the dropping quality of this content, ladies and gentlemen. Will said he really enjoyed this film because it's a war film, and I disagree. It's got the big battle scenes that yeah, every action yeah. film has. But I would consider a war film like Rogue One is Rogue a, One is a war film. It's a yeah. sci-fi rogue a war film. This yeah. is just This is a superhero film. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there is a big battle at the end and it's fucking glorious to watch, but yeah. I wouldn't consider it a, a war film. No, I wouldn't call it a war film. I can see I can see where I can he's see going where he's with coming that. Yeah. From. I just think he's slightly off. Yeah. You know. Both in person and with his views. There is something slightly off about it. A bit unca- uncanny valley, isn't yeah. it? Uh, <laughs> you look into those eyes and there's nothing looking back. It's just a void. Ginger-tinted void. <laughs> well, come on. South Park told us all that, that ginger people don't have soul. I love how that has now just become... Like, South Park introduced this thing and now it's just become standard folklore. Ginger people... Well, I, I think they actually stole it from the Catholic Church. Yeah, but. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you go on, if you go online and look it up, though, there are plenty of people like this. Is, is the worst episode of any TV show ever. Every cunt asks me if I have got a soul. Ever since Ebs, I think even Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran was like <laughs> the most loved loved man in Britain at one point. Was like, I hate South Park. I hate South Park <laughs> because they've convinced everyone I don't have a soul. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, Will. You sold us, monster. Um. Anyway, if I can veer us back on track. Yeah. So, sorry, Will. You, uh, you are confused. This is not a war film. There yeah. No. We appreciate uh, an attempt was made. We appreciate I'll, the effort. I'll come back to this at the end when we uh, we compare our scores to yours, which is what you were going to try and do on. Oh, uh, is that what the link was going? to... Okay, yeah. I see. Rock <laughs> sounds like oh, I've never seen it. <laughs> it was like read the synopsis. Give it a score. <laughs> <laughs> Read, read the Wikipedia. What do you think? She was like, oh, make a judgment. I have seen it. Uh, I'll give it this score. <laughs> right. Well, I've got loads of trivia. So. I wish we could podcast like that. I'd save so much more time just if like I just lack, turned up, really read the synopsis, and went, yeah, this week we watched blah, blah, blah. I'm giving it an eight. Right. See ya. Bye. <laughs> got to go off and whip some brie into submission. <laughs> and put this block of cheddar in a... In, <laughs> in a ball gag. <laughs> you ever seen some De Borsan in latex? <laughs> I'm working on my third different version of the Baby Bell uh, anal beads. <laughs> <laughs> if you need 
take the wax on, you can eat them for a mid-coitus snack. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a long sesh. You need your energy's flagging. You need a little bit of fromage. If anybody listened to last week's episode and missed this this flavour, stick medical attention. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> seek he, psychiatric yeah. help. We're sorry. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> so. The film that we, we have skirted around was released on the 1st of May, 2015. Doesn't It feels like it's older than eight years. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's been a busy eight years, to yeah, be fair. Yeah. You know, that, that eight years is, is probably closer to 15 in, like, actual events <laughs> happening. It's been like dog years. <laughs> it's been dog years. <laughs> um, had a budget of $495.2 million US dollars. Hang on, sorry. Say that again. Four hundred ninety-five point two million US dollars. Easily the biggest budget of any film we've covered so far. Absolutely, right? it pisses all over the next biggest one. That's just, which was probably the previous Avengers film. That's like two hundred million more than I ever felt ever needed to be spent on the film. It's it's absurd. It is a stupid amount of money. Yeah. However, at the box office, it made one point four oh three billion US dollars. So, so just like, under a billion in profit. Yeah, basically. Like, yeah. Which is frankly absurd. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they say you've got to spend money to make money. So There you go. I mean, if you've got 495.2 million and release a film like this, you can make a billion, almost a billion dollars in profit. Yeah, um, written and directed by Joss Whedon. Yes. Uh, again, we're not going to do the boo hissing because it gets tiresome every time we do that. Yeah, and that's... that's Joss did so much for the world that we live in, like the geek world. Yeah. I think we should just, like, you know, all, like, Are you going to say something controversial? (laughs) Are you going to say something controversial? Because your voice is changing and you've got your serious eyes on. You're like Danny fucking Dyer about to say something serious. I just think at this point we should... I can't think of a really a good way to word it about trivialising things. But just, like, you know... Cut him some slack in as much as appreciate his art, but don't separate really, the art from the artist. Don't really support him personally. It's like people who listen to Buddy Holly, they don't constantly harp on about the fact that he married his 15 year old cousin. Or people to watch, um, who's that filmmaker? Uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, people to still watch Kevin Spacey films. I wasn't thinking about him. Uh, he's Jewish. He used to oh, make- Harvey Weinstein. Fuck Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Who is the, he's a Jewish guy. He makes all these films. They, they're all set in New York. They're all quirky. He's a bit like Marmite. Married, oh, um... Married his cousin. What? I was going to say... Woody... Where, Woody Harrelson. Woody Allen. Woody Allen? Yeah. Married his cousin. Oh, I did not know that. So for all you people to still listen to... Well, still watch Woody Allen films and... Got, it's, that, it's that sort of thing. Got to separate the art from yeah. the artist. Yeah. Because let's face it, most artists, most fuck my life, most artists are deeply troubled individuals in some mean manner or form. Which is why they turn to art. Which is why they turn to art, and yeah. why they tend to make the best art, <laughs> arguably. So yeah, basically, and without trivialising it, <laughs> let's just enjoy his art without having to constantly feel the need to slag him off as a person. I think the industry is doing enough right yes. now. <laughs> yeah, by not giving him many jobs. Um, I'm sure he can dab away his tears with the wads of cash he made. Um, The film was based on Avengers, created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Starring, brace yourselves, 
Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, Don Cheadle, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Kobe Smulders, Anthony Mackie, Hayley Atwell, Idris Elba, Linda Cardellini, Stellan Skarsgård, James Spader, and Samuel L. motherfucking Jackson. Which explains the 495 million. They there you go. That was all just their wages. <laughs> you know, that extra 200 million that I, I couldn't quite fathom. That was just the paychecks. That was just, just people's wages to turn up and be them. Like, That's an obscene cast list. We'd laugh about it, but the actual reality of the situation is at this point, Robert Downey, I don't know how many films he signed on, signed on for, but this is his fifth. Uh, yeah. And he's basically got him over a barrel at this point yep. because nobody Didn't this else... make him the highest paid actor in Hollywood for a time? But if he's got them bent over, so was Chris Evans. <laughs> yep. So was Chris Hemsworth. Yep. Um, Mark so Ruffalo. Scarlett Johansson. Ruffalo. <laughs> yes and no. Because it's not necessarily... Yes, looks-wise, but yeah. he's not... He wasn't the dominating personality like the others yeah. are, yeah. But, and, but Scarlett Johansson, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Renner's probably just grateful to still be in Avengers films. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> being being the bastard that he turned out to be. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to say karma's gone get you. Yeah. But none of the other Avengers are hospitalised with life-altering injuries. Oh, hang on. I thought we were talking about the first Avengers film. What, does he, what did he do? Oh, oh he's, a, he's a complete bastard, apparently. Oh, is he? Yeah. He, like, has been mistreat. He was mistreating his kids and his wife or something. And uh, it all came out. They left him. Like, she took the kids and basically scarpered. Um, and then he had that horrific accident. Yeah. I think uh, about that. Yeah. And you I know, didn't realize a lot was... of people are kind of like, karma mm, gonna get you. Um, so, as previously mentioned, uh, <laughs> try to separate the art from the artist. The art from the artist. <laughs> Most artists are deeply troubled people. <laughs> Apparently, to a lot of people, the people like his fans and that, he's yeah. always been a really nice guy. I bet, yeah, because they're the people that, you know, pay your wages. To yeah, nice to he's always been very nice and very empathetic to his fans, but apparently to his family, he was a complete prick. I imagine the... The stress of being the shittest Avenger. No, I imagine like, <laughs> the higher your profile... The harder it is to treat the people in your life like on a personal level the same way as you treat the fans. Yeah. Because I don't know, Bill Murray treats everyone like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Jeremy Renner. Fuck Jeremy Renner. Um yeah, so yeah, ridiculous cast list. Awesome yeah. cast list, but oh, just absolutely. so huge and just I mean, that party scene where they're all oh, just yeah. milling around at the Avengers Tower and it's just like what the fuck, man? That's that's millions of pounds worth of actors just milling around. Basically just hanging out, making just hanging fun out, of, yeah. Making fun of each other. <laughs> um, it's kind of like our Christmas special, yeah. really. <laughs> With a significantly lower budget. <laughs> only, there's only like six, seven people in that room worth a damn. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in a local community hall. Yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson was pregnant during filming. So many of her scenes were scheduled early in filming before she began to show. To help hide her pregnancy later in filming, three stunt doubles were hired. This caused a lot of confusion amongst the other actors, since, according to them, all of the stunt women looked very similar to Johansson. If any of you ladies are listening, give me a call. Um, Chris Evans stated that it got to the point where he would say hello and start a conversation with one of them, only to realise midway through the conversation, the person he was talking to, wasn't actually Johansson. Did they not flirt back properly? 
Apparently not. No. <laughs> Ultimately, some scenes used CGI to hide Johansson's belly. I see, this is, as you're talking, I'm thinking there's a scene later on at the end where they all, they all like all of Ultron, yeah. and all the Avengers, they come together for one of the <clears throat> most gloriously beautiful scenes I've ever seen yeah. put on screen, right? But at one point, Chris Evans jumps up, does like a <laughs> 360 twirl in the air, lands and takes something out. And I'm watching it thinking, well, that was clearly a stuntman's done the actual stunt. And yeah. They've just CG'd his, CG'd face, onto his face onto it. So could they not just CG a bump out? I mean, you can, in but it's very expensive. They CG'd like six packs on all six the characters. Six packs on everyone, yeah. So in a film of a 495 million budget, you'd think they Yeah, but changing have... something like that, that's basically applying a texture to a, a, a surface. By uh, um, CGing out a baby bump, especially in the outfit that she wears would be very time-consuming and very expensive because it's not easy to do. Fair enough. I, I was I was CGing some pictures of me the other day, um, see what I'd look like as a proper lady. <laughs> oh, God. And, well, I wasn't. I was editing some Mando pictures. <laughs> I was going to say, is this part of you? I'm like, <laughs> if I make a fake female Rooney one, I can go on OnlyFans. <laughs> I can go on OnlyFans with that. Yeah. Uh, no, if I, I was... just look more feminine, I could start a T-Girl. <laughs> <laughs> OnlyFans. <laughs> Um, was I going with this? Fanboy Rooney just needs to look more fanboy. <laughs> no, I was editing some, there were some pictures uh, of my Mando that I was using for something and I noticed some of the armour plates had slipped uh, and you could see the Velcro underneath so I was going in there oh, okay. editing that out and I'm like, fucking hell, imagine doing this on an HD fucking film. I was watching that, that fight scene that I referenced just now and there are so many shots that are like on screen for like a second yeah. or less than a second. <laughs> And it's like, cut, 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 cut. And I'm sat there thinking, some of them less than one second shots. They've got to they've got to get the superhero moving. They've got to get the villains moving. They've yeah. got to get all the shrapnel flying around. Like, one shot that takes less than a second probably took like a month. Takes, yeah, and costs, surrender and costs and, more than my fucking year's wages yeah. to make. And it's like, yeah, no, well, I'm in the wrong business. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to be making podcasts. We need to be working for a fucking oh, ILM. Absolutely, yeah. Um, because Ultron was eight to nine feet tall, the five foot, 10 inch James Spader had to wear an, an, an antenna like contraption made out of a thick piece of wire with two red balls attached to the top that went up his entire back and three feet above his head. A bit like, uh, what's his name, who played Jar Jar had to do yeah. during Phantom Menace. It's so all the other cast members can make eye contact where the eyes would be, right? This was done so that the cast members oh. that shared <laughs> scenes with him would have a reference point for where his eyes would be. The two red balls represented the placement of Ultron's eyes. Elizabeth Olsen stated that this was actually distracting because Spader would be giving an intense performance and out of instinct, instinct, she would look at him rather than the balls representing his eyes. Much to everyone's amusement, whenever this happened, Aaron Taylor Johnson would yell, Red balls! Look at these balls, Lizzie! In, at her in order to get her to look in the right direction. Lovely. Uh, there's, there's some, I, I uncovered some stuff about uh, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch during my research, which I believe I mentioned in here. Which, <laughs> I was going to say, it's not some erotic fanfic, is it? It's not fanfic. Oh, okay. Um, James Spader was Joss Whedon's only choice for the role of Ultron because of his, and I quote, hypnotic voice that can be eerily calm and compelling while also being very human and humorous. Yeah. And I think there's a good choice. I don't. It's think a really it good, choice. good choice. Spader's 
I think I actually have this note written somewhere. The Spader's performance as Ultron is amazing. This, I don't know what it is, but if you give like the villain a smart, almost posh sounding voice, mm. it makes them more villainous. It does. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because you expect them to be mindless animals, but then suddenly they're talking to you in a very like very cultured way. Yeah. Yeah. And you're and you're kind of like, like, oh, actually, no, you're not a savage. You're <laughs> you've got brains and you've you got still brains and you still want to murder. I mean. As the, the, the meme that a certain Mr. Vanilla yeah. sent earlier pointed out, uh, Ultron spent 30 seconds looking up, looking on the internet and decided that uh, humankind needed to be eradicated. Yeah, and here at Tajik, we agree. We agree. <laughs> Nuke the humans. Uh, James Spader was originally just going to be Ultron's voice, but he told the filmmakers that for a main character, he deserved to do more than provide a voice, and so he took on performing Ultron through motion capture as well. I like that as well, because there's certain ways that Ultron moves. Yeah. And I think if you're trying to, like, take just a voice and then you're trying to kind of animate you're your Trying thing, to sync that to it. Yeah. yeah. It's not as easy as if you've actually got someone there who's... Who's doing the, the yeah. both yeah. bits at the same time, because they're moving in a far more natural way, because... Yeah. They're the one talking, so they know how they want to express it. I mean, I'm shocked they didn't get Andy, Andy Circus. I mean, he, he's in this film. He was, yeah, he was they already doing it. could have put him in the mocap suit and just been like, <laughs> Look, while you're here, mate, yeah. you are the master of mocap. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson was asked to lose weight, muscle mass in particular, because he looked too strong to portray a runner who are usually very trim. Yeah, and I did. He was a bit swole. He, yeah. Coming off the back of um, like kick ass and stuff, he was hench. Was he in kick ass? Yeah. Who did he play in kick ass? Kick ass. Oh my god, yes, he did! Fucking hell! I didn't realise that was the same person. Yeah, it was. But, but by kick ass, oh, too, yeah. he's grown up he's, a bit. Yeah, and he's henched much out. More, yeah. So I guess this is probably similar times. He probably had to go away and, like, just, like, you know, be just, lazy just, for a couple of months. Yeah, just be lazy or just run. Yeah. Not do anything to build muscle mass. I have to admit, it's not in my notes, and I will forget to say it if I don't say it now, but I didn't have it in my notes originally. I only really noticed it and fell in love with it today watching <laughs> it. But the back and forth between Quicksilver and Hawkeye throughout the film, mm. it's really good. Yeah, much as I don't like Jeremy Renner, yeah. Hawkeye is, well, I'll burn this note now, but I think Hawkeye is my favourite character in this film. He actually has a proper... He gets a decent character arc in this. Oh, absolutely. I think, And he actually has some character development. I think Joss and, Whedon uses him perfectly in as mm. much as he is the human, right? Yes. But, you know, him and Black Widow, but Black Widow is already in, like, in her little love story with, with yeah. Diana. So she's kind of, she's doing her part. But he really is the heart in this film. Yes. He is the humanity. And they really rams it home when he introduces you to his family. <laughs> his actual family, yeah. And it's like, well... The world's going to shit. Thor's a god. Iron Man is Tony Stark. Uh, Captain America <laughs> is Captain America. Like Super soldiers, really gods, billionaire philanthropist, philanthropist, playboys. Does Hawkeye really have to offer? And when the world's going to shit, well, you know, a safe house. Yeah. Humanity, a different perspective. And like, I love, like his wife's like, I need you here. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, I'm coming home. And then he almost doesn't. Yeah, and when he appears at the end, you're like, "Yes, he's home." <laughs> I, also, I love that little bit at the end where he's like, "I oh, know what, I, I know what I'm going to do to the house." Yeah, I'm going to go, was it like rip down the yeah. wall to, to the sunroom or whatever? Yeah, no one eats in a dining room anymore. <laughs> fine. 
Uh, it took Joss Whedon a year to convince Aaron Taylor Johnson to accept the role of Pietro. Johnson was concerned over the intensity of the Marvel contracts, the time constraints, and the fact that it was going to be such a large cast. Even after he accepted the role, he was still nervous, but was comforted after he learned that his friend and Godzilla co-star Elizabeth Olsen would be playing his sister and would be his filming partner throughout most of the movie. Olsen. Did, did they win him over? Like, you will die in this film. This the only time <laughs> you won't have to worry about it too much. You're never going to have to come back. It's fine. Uh, Olsen and Taylor Johnson consulted each other before accepting the roles of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. The two became friends while filming Godzilla 2014, uh, and as soon as they found out that both had offers, they called each other to check if the other was doing it before signing on. Oh, okay. Which is quite nice. I love that. Yeah. I also heard that, that 2014 Godzilla film is the only good Godzilla film. Because it's less about... It's not bad. It's less about the human yeah. perspective and more just about monsters. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not It's not a bad film. It's it's infinitely more watchable than the previous one, with oh. the Jamaicoi one. Oh, yeah, that was awful. That one. And then... Uh, Godzilla King of Monsters is not that good. Is it not? This whole new franchise went downhill after... There's another new one coming out. Is there? Uh, Godzilla X Kong or something? Yeah, Godzilla fights Kong. Oh, yeah. No, they, they did that one already. This is another one. Another one. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're their friends now. Apparently so. That was the whole thing they were building up to, weren't oh, they? Oh, shit. Um, in the comics, Ultron was created by Dr. Hank Pym, who also created Ant-Man. Uh, in this film, Ultron is a dormant project developed by Tony Stark, while Pym gets his own separate story in Ant-Man, yeah. which would come out in 2015. Which is next. Is that next on the list? Lordy, lordy, already. Jesus, we're getting up to the point where I started getting patchy with what I've watched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some of these films we're going to be covering over the coming months. I'm going to be watching for the first time for the, the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I've watched everything up till, I think, Endgame is like January, February. I think After that, I'm going to have to start watching stuff. I've, I've watched everything up to Far From Home. Oh, okay. I think. Actually, I did. I watched that one. That's the first Spider-Man film. No, after. it's the second Spider-Man. That's the one I meant. I watched Homecoming's that. the first one. Because Tony Stark's dead in that one, right? Far From Home. Yeah, and Peter's yeah. being a emo because Tony's gone. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. So everything after that. Yeah. Then, yeah, then the I basically time. haven't watched anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Joss Whedon claimed that the juggling all the characters in the film was, and I quote, a nightmare. I bet. They're very disparate characters. The joy of the Avengers is they really don't belong in the same room. It's not like the X-Men, who are all tortured by the same thing. Pardon me, I've got some Reggie gas. Oh, my God. And have similar costumes. These guys are just all over the place, and it's so tough. He was so exhausted with working on this film that he decided not to direct Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Really? Uh-huh. He Apparently, according to this, it was a, a decision he made not to, to go ahead with I did wonder them. why he was given charge of the first two. And not the and not last the, two. Yeah, basically the end of the Avengers trilogy. The whole of that, yeah. The whole arc. I was shocked. It's a but, quadrilogy, isn't it? Well, yeah. Because there's four. Yeah, but the last... The last one is split into two, yeah. like it's some kind of Twilight fanfic. Or a <laughs> Harry Potter film or... Anything that's that the end is too long. Like The Wheel of Time. They just so, split into two <laughs> books. That's what we should do when we're running low on stuff to, <laughs> to talk about. Just start, just start kind of episodes in half. <laughs> it's funny because we discussed doing that. Yeah. Uh, it's also said that he wanted Spider-Man and Captain Marvel to appear in the final sequence, but they were unable to include them in the movie due to timing and rights issues. Yeah, Obviously, course. everyone's aware of the, the Spider-Man Sony issues. I and- think the, uh, the Spider-Man reveal in Civil War 
so good yes it would have been ruined had yeah they brought him in earlier just for something like stupid like a, a, yeah. a that final shot they have yeah. where they're all at Lords, the new avengers yeah. compound oh it's yeah. like you, yeah you don't need spider-man we found this kid in queens reckons he's a spider add him to our team <laughs> why not we're running a bit we're a bit thin on the ground that's the thing i do remember when i watched this film last week and i have that whole reveal at the end of like yeah. the new avengers i'm like that's the end of Endgame, right? Once you've got once because Endgame is is the end of the road for like four Iron Man, all the original, yeah, all, all the people that cost them too much money, too much money, get ran out. So I would have thought bringing in the new Avengers at the end of that would have been like, right, we're ready for the next one. Yeah. So to bring them in into the this, but then they probably like we need all the help we can we can get. They knew they were to expand off. the roster yeah. to get as many people as they could in. Um. According to Mark Ruffalo, his portrayal of the Incredible Hulk is inspired by Peter David's Hulk comics, where the Incredible Hulk and Bruce Banner were a split personality case. There's a very cool thing happening in the film. Hulk is afraid of Banner, as uh, Banner is afraid of the Hulk. Both of these guys are obviously the same guy, and they have to come to peace somehow with each other. And this is a confrontation building across this film. I don't know why I read that as Nicolas Cage. I know. That was supposed to be Mark Ruffalo. I closed my eyes in the hope that I would see the hands of Mark Ruffalo in front of me, but all I saw... was <laughs> the creepy Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Yeah. So, yeah, apparently I can't do a Mark Ruffalo impression, as I just demonstrated. Cool. I do love... Again, like, I think the balance... I know he said he's exhausted and he couldn't make the other two yeah. because it was such a hard job to do, but... He smashed it in as much as the harder characters, mm. the ones that people have never really been able to get a grip on before. He found ways to use them. Like yes. he, he brought Hawkeye's humanity to the fore. So that was what he offered. Yeah. But with Hulk, he kind of, instead of being like, okay, Hulk smash. Yeah. yeah. Like he did in the first one. He was like, no, we're going to, we're going to like, Fill him out a little bit. Yeah, now. and so, you get to see behind the behind the masks yeah. in this film. And he plays he plays with the whole idea of like him being like, well, you know, the world got to see Hulk, yeah, the real Hulk. Yeah. Like I can't be doing that anymore. Like, and then there's the whole love story yeah. aspect between Banner and Thingy, which I completely forgot about and really took me by surprise. <laughs> but like he does, like Hulk's there when you need him to smash. Yeah. And Banner's there when you need him to, you know, help Tony to yeah. get the film going. I love going. the fact that Banner in the middle, just... Uh... In the middle, Hulk has this whole kind of, like, evolution of character, yeah. which in this film, with this many people, with this story, with, like... There's a lot going on. It's already two and a half hours long. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But he found a way to subtly pepper Hulk throughout the film that actually gave him... Gives him um, really a very, good arc. really good arc, yeah. really interesting arc as well. Yeah, so uh, I probably get booed for this, but props to Joss Whedon. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the trailer was viewed 34 million times on YouTube in the first 24 hours after it was released. Oh this broke the record that was previously held by Iron Man 3 in 2013. I'd like to know how much of that 495 million budget was made back just from YouTube. Just from YouTube. In that first 24 hours. Uh, the first trailer was intended to be released after October the 28th, uh, after the October 28th, 2014 episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. After a low-quality version of the trailer was leaked online on October 22nd in 
2014, uh, Marvel published a high-definition version of the first trailer on its official YouTube account the same day. Okay. Marvel's official Twitter account announced the official trailer with a tongue-in-cheek statement blaming Marvel's villainous organisation Hydra for the original leak. Uh, and I, lo- I love it when, when brands play into shit oh, like of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and it's funny. like, oh, yeah, we weren't going to release this yet, but Hydra leaked it. So uh, here you go. It's coming out early. I did... I often, I did think to myself while I was watching this, like, where is Coulson? The world's going to shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could have brought him in for 30 seconds at the end when Samuel Jackson turns up. And he's like, <laughs> I got it out of mothballs. I got some old friends too. You would have thought Coulson would have been there. It would have been awesome to just have Coulson in the background, just yeah. walk across, not say anything or even look at the camera, just walk across yeah. in the background. But he was clearly, clearly busy doing uh, Agents, Agents of, Shield, of Shield, yeah. Which was show run and written by Joss Whedon and the rest of the Whedon brothers. Yeah, I yeah. need to. I actually need to watch that. It does a lot of background stuff. I watched in the Marvel universe. Series one, I really enjoyed it. My brother keeps telling me to go and watch it because yeah. he really enjoyed it. I've, I've, I've got Smith another note really coming up about this. Well. Yeah, I know a lot of people uh, liked it and recommended it to me. Well, we did this genius thing. We talked about it. I'm sure we did yeah. on the Captain America episode where the entire show flipped <laughs> on its axis from one week to the next. Yeah, with the downfall of yeah. Shield, Captain America. Yeah. Uh, Industrial Light and Magic developed a new motion capture system for this film called Muse to better capture the actor's facial and body movements and combine different takes of the same performance with regards to Ultron and the Hulk. Andy Serkis, who also has the on-screen role of Ulysses Claw, uh, was brought on board to contribute towards Muse's design and improvement. One major benefit of this work for the actor was that in this film, Mark Ruffalo was able to do some of his mocap performance alongside his fellow cast members on set and on location, as opposed to previously, where he would be working separately from the others. So they would do his mocap and then just stick him in. Uh, It further reduced the amount of specific facial mocap sessions, as they were now able to do both body and face simultaneously. I wasn't too far wrong when I said they should have brought Andy Serkis in. I was thinking, when you're saying that, I think, I know I've got a note coming up where Andy Serkis gets brought in as an advisor on it. It's like, not only is he an actor, he's also like a master of motion capture. It's like, if you want to test something and find out if it's good, you get Andy Serkis in to test it. Give it to Gollum. Give it to Gollum. That that should be a hashtag, give it to Gollum. Um... Stanley's cameo as a war veteran at the farewell party for Thor is a sly inside joke, since Lee did actually join the army but never went into battle. Lee's experience writing for Timely Comics before it became Marvel was put to use instead for the army's medical division, thinking up slogans for posters about preventing the spread of venereal diseases that were drawn by Theodore Geisel, a.k.a. Dr. Seuss. (laughs) <laughs> yeah there you go so somewhere there's some medical like you know wear a condom don't stick it where you shouldn't pamphlet yep written, written by, by Stan Lee, Lee drawn by Dr. Dr. Seuss. Seuss it's like what the fuck like someone's probably got one of them in their loft or their attic because it'll be in America yeah sat there not knowing oblivious. that they could probably go on eBay and turn it around for they could probably retire oh, off of selling yeah. that. It's like, yeah, I just love the fact that that those two like Goliaths yeah. of of that sort, of, each in a different yeah. respective field, spent the war making STD slogans and comics. There were the, for the army. There were five actual film directors at the time. I watched a documentary about them that. Um, they were, like, they were like, we, we want to fight. And they were like, we're not going to let you we're fight. We're not letting you do that. But 
we will send you to the front lines and you can film it all. And then they were making the anti-Nazi propaganda films and sending them back to the States or to England and they were being shown in the cinemas. But those five, like, it would be like today, like Spielberg, Lucas, I don't know, Joss Whedon, uh, that gone guy that that made thingies pretty hot in the moment. Uh, I don't know, Francis Ford Coppola. All being sent... (laughs) I mean, all, most of those people you just named are, are, are 60 plus. I don't know up and coming ones. I no, no, no. Right. right, Jordan Pill is up and coming, I think. He's he's, he's a big name right Isn't now. Isn't he a radio? No, that's John Pill. Yeah, no, yeah, Jordan Pill. He makes horror films, so you won't know who it was. Nope. Uh, and then four other prominent. And then four other prominent Gun. directors. Uh, 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 the two guys that wrote. Uh, Infinity War and Endgame, uh, and I don't know you got sent <laughs> to the Middle East to film f- on the front line. On the front of, lines, like it's insane, right? Yeah, when you think about it. But yeah, they did it. So it was like all the, the best film directors in America were on the front lines doing that. The best comic writer was writing about sexually transmitted <laughs> diseases. The best children's author was drawing about was drawing about sexual diseases. It's just like Jesus, wow. Yeah. I mean. Talk about everyone contributes in their yeah. own way. Um, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Dirty Half Dozen, 2015, it is Agent Coulson who breaks into a Hydra base and locates Loki's scepter. Mm. He then contacts Maria Hill uh, so she can let the Avengers know to go to Sokovia and retrieve it, as they do at the beginning of this movie. I'd be interested to know if that's the episode the week right before this film comes out. I would imagine so, yeah, because they liked tying yeah, these things oh, in very closely. That must be... Like, I got to see the Captain America one as it happened. Mm. But again, like, I, I stopped watching after season one for... I can't remember why, but if I'd sat there and I'd watched that and then I'd gone to the cinema... And then cinema, you go to the cinema to see the payoff from it. Pff, it's insane. Way. Yeah. Uh, when Elizabeth Olsen and Aaron Taylor Johnson learned that their roles, Wanda and Pietro Maximoff, would be based on their Marvel Ultimates version... They both read and studied every single issue in order to prepare for the role. Yeah. Marvel Ultimates comic is famous for featuring a controversial incestuous storyline between Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. No. According to Elizabeth Olsen, while this particular aspect would not be overtly present in the film, she and Aaron Taylor Johnson played around with certain parts of it. Every time you see an image of them, they're always holding each other's hands yeah. and looking over each other's shoulder. They're always so close, it's almost uncomfortable. Aaron and I have been playing a little bit with those kinds of images just for ourselves. The way she phrases that makes it yeah. sound seedy as hell. But I love the fact that they're like, okay, well, it's based on this. We'll do this. Right, there's no fucking way Disney is going to sign us on, on brother and sister fucking. Nah. But... Well, not we'll unless put they're in... buying Star Wars anyway. <laughs> but we'll put in... Just enough references that the people that know will know. I just got, <laughs> as you were saying that, I just got this vision of them both be separately in their houses. They got their scripts, they're reading. Oh, sorry, they got their Ultimates books. And yeah. Re- and then one of them's just like, oh, fuck. Text the other one. Do you realize we're going to have to do some incest? <laughs> and fucking, what's his name? Taylor Johnson yeah. is just like, like yes! Yeah. <laughs> and then they're, they're both on the phone to their agents, like, you didn't tell me there was incest. You didn't tell me there was incest. Get me Disney. (laughs) Get me Walt. I'm on his frozen head on the phone right now. Um, According to Alan Taylor Johnson, 
Blah, blah, blah. Aaron Taylor Johnson, no one realised that no plans for a rap party had been made until the last day of filming. As a result, Joss Whedon gathered the cast at the end of the day and made them walk around the small Italian town in which they were filming while it snowed heavily until he found an appropriate place for a party. They finally found a small club and the cast, along with Whedon, danced until four in the morning. I guess, you know, the best interest of your cast aren't top of the agenda when you're Joss Whedon. When you're Joss Whedon, because you don't care about that shit. Yeah. more uncomfortable they are, the better they perform, I guess. See, balance. Balance. We pick them Perfectly up balanced in all back things. Down again. Yeah. Character screen times. This one I thought was quite interesting. Okay. Captain America, 50 minutes, 25 seconds. Yeah. Iron Man, 45 minutes, 34 seconds. Oh. Black Widow, 33 minutes, 7 seconds. Quicksilver, 26 minutes, 43 seconds. Bruce Banner slash the Hulk, 23 minutes, 55 seconds. Scarlet Witch, 20 minutes, 59 seconds. Hawkeye, 19 minutes, 56 seconds. Thor, 14 minutes, 18 seconds. The Vision, 8 minutes and 41 seconds. Yeah, well, he's coming to the tail end of the film. Yeah, but... and he still gets like less than, like what, more than half the time that Thor gets. It's crazy though, right, that um, Hawkeye... Banner slash Hulk and Black Widow are towards the end, the bottom of that list of yeah. people, right? But they actually provide the majority of the, the actual storyline, story and heart. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Captain America is just more or less running around fighting motherfuckers, <laughs> occasionally disagreeing with Tony. And yeah. It's like, yeah, you can have like nearly an hour. You get nearly an hour. Yeah. yeah the fucking Iron Man, aside, who basically, aside from flying around, I wonder if they counted oh, shots of Iron Man where you don't see Tony's face. Yeah, so external must, shots of yeah. Iron Man. Because he's Iron Man. This is his Iron Man screen time, not Tony Yeah, Stark. that's true. It doesn't just say Tony Stark. He is probably the most important character because if he doesn't create a problem... He is the linchpin of the whole... They have no problem to overcome. Yeah, you know, that is true. Because if it was just Bruce Banner, he would have gone, no, no, that's too dangerous. Yeah. And they'd have all had a jolly good time. Yeah, revels. <laughs> revels, indeed. <laughs> Uh, the opening sequence of all the Avengers fighting and supporting each other in Sokovia was the last scene to be completed for the film. Oh, okay. Hence the reason they were in the snowy Italian yeah. village. Um, despite Ultron and the Vision having two seemingly different personalities, they share the same origins. They both came from the Mind Stone. Ultron was born from a dormant intelligence within the Mind Stone, whereas the Vision was born from the remainder of the stone's contents. So in a way, they are the good and bad of the Mind Stone. Yeah, they are. They function as like yin and yang. They are, right? yeah, the, the, the opposites of one another, which suggests that the other Infinity Stones may possess their own sorts of intelligence and personality, Ooh. which would be interesting to see, like the Time Stone having a... Like, Clock? <laughs> yeah, having and, its own little plot, own little subset, yeah. subplot sort of thing. Like, I've, hang on, how am I five minutes late? I left in perfect amount of time. It was 30 <laughs> seconds to the, to, to the due time when I... Fuck, it's the stone, right? <laughs> Stone's fucking with me. And the other half of the stone is like, how am I five minutes early? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when Tony Stark... if I had all that power, I wouldn't try and destroy the world. I would just fuck with people until they lost their mind. <laughs> I would literally just move their clock forward five minutes. This is because you're a monster, but you're also a very lazy man. <laughs> Subtle, I like Subtle, to Subtle, yeah. I like to call it. Uh, when Tony Stark is picking a new AI, one of the chips says Tadashi in reference to the chip that's in Baymax from Big Hero 6, which is another Disney property based on Marvel Comics. Oh, I've never seen it. You've never seen Big Hero 6? It's actually a really good film. Okay. Tadashi? Tadashi, I think it is. Um, 
Yeah, that's it's that's a really good film. Were there any other names? Uh, there were other names, but that was the only one that was actually a reference to anything. Is Friday like Friday? Is there was a character in some old like in the yeah Man Friday in from Avengers, right? The original Treasure Avengers. Island. Uh, not Treasure Island. Island. Um, Robinson Crusoe. Was there not like a Girl Friday? Quite possibly. Yeah. I think that's the pun here is that it's yeah, okay, Girl Friday. Friday yeah. Yeah. That's what I was, I was trying to figure out. I don't know right. why she's if Irish, it, though. If it was Boston. a reference or if it wasn't a reference. I don't know. I didn't see any mentions of it. Yeah, it she should is. only be Irish if her name was Sunday, right? Bloody Sunday. <laughs> Wash the car. <laughs> go to church. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Sunday. Bloody Sunday. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Smell my cheese, you know. Smell my cheese. <laughs> Jack Nakanori. Back of the net. Anyone who didn't watch BBC comedy in the 90s is just like, what the fuck are they talking? Are they having a You lost out, motherfuckers. You, you lost really out. Um, when Scarlet Witch <laughs> tries to mind control Hawkeye, he neutralizes her and quips, I tried the mind control thing, not a fan. Yeah. This is in reference to Jeremy Renner being openly displeased with his character being mind-controlled by Loki during most of Avengers Assemble. I just thought it was a reference to the film. Uh, well, I mean, it works nicely, but yeah, it was but, apparently a direct okay, reference. He didn't like He that. didn't like playing the bad guy. Oh, he didn't enough. like that. It was like they played it they played yeah, like dirty. It's too close to my real personality. Too close to my real personality. I'm an actor. Come on, Josh. You know about fucking hiding your real personality. <laughs> You've been doing it for decades. Balance, bitches. Balance, bitches. Paul Bettany was writer and director Joss Whedon's only choice for the role of the Vision. Yeah, he's, he's it's perfect. a good choice. We like Paul Bettany. We have yeah. Paul Bettany stands on this podcast. It's, it's a weird, what's that word that we're not saying? That um, <laughs> we covered him in the last film. Uh-huh. And now we're covering him again. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and this is, in, this is definitely not by choice because I completely forgot he yeah. was in A Knight's Tale yeah. until he appeared butt-necking. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's the Vision. Um, the expression, the sun's getting real low. <laughs> like, if anybody's wondering why we didn't record this last week, because the trivia alone would have oh, made yeah. last week's episodes three hours. I'm, I'm nearly at the end. I've only got a couple left. I'm not dissing you. I'm just reminding yeah, I, them. I, I did warn you. It's a Marvel one. There's always loads of trivia for Marvel ones. I'm, I'm just like, you know, because some of them wouldn't have caught up. Yeah. <laughs> some of them don't know what's going on right now. I'm just yeah. ramming it up. Last week's episode would have been about three and a half, four hours yeah. had we gone through everything that we had planned. Uh, the expression, the sun's getting real low, which was used to calm the Incredible Hulk, references the original comic where Banner would transform every night. But here it is used to make the Incredible, Incredible Hulk revert back to Banner. It's almost like a like a subliminal thing, right? Like, yeah, they, like a trigger word. Yeah, and, you've, and then suddenly you slap like Miranda. Yeah, that's exactly the reference yeah. I was about to make. I like it. What, what is it? The sun's, the sun's getting real low. The sun's getting real low. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, in this movie, on this movie, production designer Charles Wood and his team built an enormous new Avengers Tower set that is the largest set ever built for a Marvel movie. Much of the movie takes place there on its many different levels. A large expanse of glass opens the view to New York City, and one can also see a hangar for the Quinjet. The multiple environments are all connected with the ability to move from downstairs to upstairs and vice versa. So the whole Avengers Tower, basically, Whedon did uh, Firefly. Yes. Because obviously, as we as we discussed before, and as we know, the Firefly set was one large continuous set. So yeah. you could actually move from the bridge down to the personal quarters, down to the fucking... Um, we'll talk about it uh, when we cover Serenity, but there's this... The film. The film, but There's yeah. this 
beautiful shot at the beginning where you meet all the characters yes one by one and you start at one end of the ship and you work your way through it yeah and it's choreographed so people are coming and going at the right times and it's all one contiguous set and you could not have done it that if you didn't have the set no and he basically liked that idea so much that he got uh, Charles Wood to build the Avengers Tower set like in New York I did wonder (laughs) Obviously, I know that like CG and like people's capabilities for special effects are yeah. way, way ahead of my understanding. But I wondered when you see the Iron Legion come back, mm. it's one of my favorite shots. When you see him come back, you follow him into the A. Yeah. And then the camera moves past him and it comes up through the glass floor. But you yes. see walk across. I was wondering how they got that shot without like actually having to build a glass floor <laughs> in and then shoot it. But. Yeah, if they'd actually built it's, the whole it's thing. It's an actual set. It makes sense. Yeah. Uh, this is Chapter 5 of Phase 2 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is. We've got one more left, and then we're on Phase 3. And body count. All right. Are we counting just humans, or are we counting... Yes. This is, we don't, we're not counting... Mechanicals. Uh, mechanicals. No, we're not counting Ultrons. It's actually less than I thought, but then confirmed... Deaths on screen makes sense. Three. No. You're 170 out. It's <laughs> like <laughs> so this is a Disney film. It's not going to be high. Like, there's a reason that the villains are all mechanical. <laughs> yeah, but there's also a lot of civilian losses in this film. Yeah, I can only remember one death, though. So I remember, like, a guard gets shot. That's the only one I could. Pull but, I mean, you got all of the. Um, yeah, I know, but we The people at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. get their asses kicked by? Yeah, the but they, again, they go out of their way. It's like like to show that they're not dead. It's like when when Iron Man comes in, it's like <laughs> we've got to have a talk about this, and he shoots them, and they're all still groaning yeah. and talking afterwards. And he's yeah. like, "Good talk." No, I wasn't. Which no, you I stole one of my funny. notes, <laughs> which I think is funny. But that's not the only time. Like, yeah. there's another. There's somewhere else where someone gets knocked out, and then right as before the cut, the thing you just see this. Mm, yeah, showed that he's still alive. But you, you, some of them, they very clearly die. Yeah, right, and all of Claw's henchmen get like fucking oh, yeah, wiped out by him. Ultron, yeah. and uh, Sokovia has a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> 173 is not bad though, considering the amount of people in jeopardy in this film. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. consider yeah, and yeah. I think they call them acceptable losses. Acceptable losses. Yeah, <laughs> minor collateral damage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. My first note. Okay. The opening attack on the Hydra base. Mwah! Just that whole sequence where they're all like fighting through and, and all backing each other up. And you can see they reference it during the scene that, you know, this is they've gone to a whole string yeah. of attacked a whole string of Hydra bases. And it's great to see the difference between the original Avengers film and then watching them fight now. As where team. they fight at, yeah, they fight as a unit. They've got all their little co-op special attacks yeah. that they do with like uh, Mjolnir and Cap's shield to make a shockwave yeah. and all that sort of thing. I love just the sheer fact that at one point you're just moving through the forest, right? Mm. And as you're moving in a straight line, all the different characters are coming in and out shot. Doing all that, yeah. It's really well put together, but... Um, my first note, he says, I love the fact we drop right into the middle of the action. Yes. Like, you've said it before, it doesn't always work in films, but yeah. here, it really works when you suddenly you're like, remember the Avengers, guys? Watch them do what they That's do. That's the thing. Anyone coming into this film, there is going to be a tiny, tiny percentage of people who, who, haven't, seen who haven't seen any of the preceding yeah. films. 
99% of the people watching this film have seen it and want that's what they want to see. And it's like, bam, yeah. here's the money shot right off the bat. It's the reason it made 1.4 billion is because of the the, the previous because films. yeah, so, but, yeah, they built on yeah, the give, previous thing. Give the audience exactly what they want yeah. straight away, and no one like no one's gonna complain. But by doing that as well, though, once that's all wrapped up. You then have the ability to like kind of draw things back a little bit. Yes. Tell the more human story for a while. Whereas if you start with the more human story yeah. and you build to the action, by the time you get to it, people are going to be like, oh my God. Yeah. People get a little bit I sick. I want to see it. the Avengers fight. I don't want to know about like fucking the dangers of tech. <laughs> yeah. I didn't come here for a fucking uh, yeah. parable but by the dangers of, un- un- of rampant AIs. By. S- Satan Mr. Vanilla's going to be coming on yeah. to tell us about that next week. <laughs> By Satan people, first thing in the film, yes. you buy yourself a little bit of wiggle room to then slow things down it also, before you ramp it, it up. It reminds again. people, because it's like, look, here's the Avengers, and it's the Avengers in their superhero guises. Yeah. Because then the next time you see them, they're in their civilian yeah. mode sort of thing. So it's like, yeah, look, here they are. Ah, oh, yeah, right, yeah, you're, you're him. That's him. For the... For the, 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 the Fair weather fans, sort of thing, yeah. who aren't nerds like us. Yeah, um, it reminds them who's who. So then, oh, when they see them in the yeah. next scene, they're like, "Oh, they already have that connection in their head." Do you have a highlight of of that opening scene? Um, the Wish dot com Iron Man suit that the uh, Hydra soldiers are using. Yeah, it's like they come whizzing in and they're like, "Look, I'm Iron Man!" And then the actual Iron Man turns up and just like they get crumped. And it's just so satisfying to see. My favorite part is where Hawkeye gets hit. And uh, Black Widow goes over and oh, yeah. looking after him, and they still shooting her. And she's like, "Will someone do something about that turret or that bunker? Bunker?" And then you just see Hulk, Hulk just come in, smash. And she's like, "Thank you." Now it doesn't get more weeden than that, or the um, language language part. <laughs> and the callback to it. At the end. Are we all just going to gloss over yeah. the fact that Cap literally just said language? <laughs> And then that scene where he's just, he kind of stops and he's like, yeah. And then smashes, he throws the bike through the truck. Oh, yes. And he's yeah. like, he just slipped out. It doesn't get more Whedon than No, that. it's very Whedon esque. But it works so well. Yeah. In this, in the context of what's going on in yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this film. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so the Iron Legion land in a foreign city and attempt to calm and protect the populace by giving instructions in loud and clear English. How very American. Yeah. I mean, that's stark all over, isn't it? There's, please stand back. This area is unsafe. It's like, they're literally Eastern European, you fuck nugget. Most of them probably don't speak English. No, I mean, you could have, like, you're a tech genius. Could you not have got, like, a translator? A fucking translator. <laughs> Just fucking Google can manage that shit. Why can't you, Stark? Translating to Sokovian for him. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not, not, doesn't take a genius to figure that out. Uh, my next note was shit language. Lol. <laughs> uh, you love Stark's transparent phone, right? When he comes in, he's like, oh, I was about to call him Jeeves. It's not Jeeves, is it? Jarvis. Jarvis. You know, I want to want everything, and he slots it in. And I'm like, as soon as I see it, I'm like, oh, this is going to anger Rooney. Stop trying to make <laughs> transparent screens a thing. It's not going to happen because they're fucking stupid. I love the transitions between the reality and fantasy. In some films, they don't always know what's... You don't always know what's going on when this happens. Um, but here, it's the way it's directed, the way it's... 
Oh, with the the Black Widow sequence. Yeah, when she comes yes. in and she touches them, and then suddenly they're in. There are times in films where suddenly they're in a different dimension or different. And you world. don't know. Yeah, I know. But here, the way like the the storytelling leads up yeah. to the point. It's done. It's done to make it very clear that this is going on inside the character's yeah. head rather than outside in the real world. And the fact that they've done that is genius for the fact that in this now it's not some heady. Yeah esoteric film that you're going to just sit down with your friend afterwards and be like, I'm not sure if I understood it. This is palatable to this the is, This is very, it's very distinct. It's like, yes, this is, this is yeah. something that she's put in their heads. This is reality. This is what he's seeing. This is reality. Yeah. They don't want, they don't want you to be confused. No. Oh no, this is, pal- as I said, palatable to the mass. Yeah. Oh look, Tony's out of his protective suit again. I mean, seriously, if you're fucking super joggers, man, or whatever the fuck he is when he's out of his suit, like he spends most of Iron Man 3. Yeah. Surely you must have learned. I mean, I know the whole point of Iron Man 3 was discovering that he's powerful outside of the suit. Yeah, he's Bruce Lee now. But even so, you know, he literally only gets mind-controlled because he steps out of his suit and just leaves it there and then wanders down into a dungeon full of weird tech and a fucking Chitauri Bayamoth above his head. Stay in the fucking suit, Tony! Tony may be a genius billionaire... Playboy, philanthropist. Playboy. But he lacks something quite important to most people. (laughs) Self-awareness. Common sense. (laughs) Uh, Having Black Widow look at me the way she looks at Hulk while stroking my arm like that would do the exact opposite to calming me down. (laughs) It's like, I mean, darling, unless you're actually trying to seduce him, that wouldn't work. (laughs) Uh, Unlike you, I don't have a lot of time for parties. Well, four be there. <laughs> I love that. I love that line where she gets all snooty, like, for, oh, about work, and then she suddenly thinks about getting riled by four, and she's like, <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> I'm second um, I love how in his vision, when Tony sees all the Avengers dead or dying, yeah. the first person he goes to check on is Steve. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a little subtle thing, and it's just oh, like, oh, okay. Yeah. Proper bromance. Oh, yeah, I and mean, it's... Um... Like a foreshadowing of what's yeah. to come, yeah. Um, uh, in oh. classic touching fashion, we're back to the evils of AI. <laughs> uh, I want a Jarvis is my co-pilot sticker. Yeah. In fact, I may make one and put it up on my red bubble. Uh, the second time War Machine tells his story, it's just perfect. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah this is watching him telling the story, and it's like... I, it's I, funny I, the first time. <laughs> But when he tells it the second time and everyone actually reacts the way yeah. he wants and he looks all proud and he's like fist bumping. <laughs> it's a good story. <laughs> just the comic timing and the way that he is acting, basically. Yeah. It's just really perfect. Don Cheadle is really good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love um, that bit again at the end where he turns up and he's like, what machine's it? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> Vision's just done it all for him, yeah. Um, Tony always has the best intentions. He just always thinks he knows better than everyone else. Yeah which is basically the story of half of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is yeah. Tony Stark thought this would be a good idea. Yeah. And then fine. everyone else has to clean up after him. Uh, this has the best Stanley cameo so far in the MCU. Yes. Yeah. yeah it's it's the the best he's so drunken thing where he yeah. drinks the, the, the fucking Asgardian spirits. Yeah. Uh, it's like us drinking fucking Russian or Romanian vodka or whatever oh, it was. God. Buffalo grass vodka. Check. Check. It was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. That was... But at least we didn't piss the sofa. I didn't piss the sofa. I did pass out in someone's 
bedroom and puke my guts off and I had to get taken over by my then girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Which was very out of character for me. Like, I used to be able to handle myself. This is true, yeah. That stuff was monstrous. Yeah, yeah I had, like, a, a pot of weed in the bar. It was so Which bizarre. Was, yeah, it was... Um, I love the idea of the Iron Legion. Oh, no. Sorry. Just to clarify. Yeah. It didn't add a snake in the bomb, didn't it? Was that the one with the snake in the yeah, bomb? Yeah, because I got a present, which was a bottle of liquor with a, a pot of weed in the bar. <laughs> which I'd never drunk because I was terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I love the the idea of the Iron Legion. I wish they got used more. Yes, because it's basically like a a series of autonomous Iron Mans. I lo- I love it, and I agree with you. I wish that you'd seen them more, but they make they take away stakes a lot of the time, yeah. right? Because you've got this army of Iron Man without an actual person, without a person inside, so they're so, disposable. Yeah, and, and they're basically what uh, matey in Iron Man. Three was trying to yeah, trying to make yeah. trying to make yeah. But was it the more them, yeah, the more of them you have, the less stakes they are. There are for, for Iron Man yeah. or for any other characters because you've got so much firepower. I was really gutted in Endgame that when all of the various armies and allies come charging through you the portals, the they're, what, there absolutely should have been yeah. the Iron Legion come flying in there to to help out because they're a part of it, man. Oh, fucking, absolutely, yeah. Restitution for the for the Iron Legion, guys. I got an idea. Um, the guys that made that film, right? If you want to go back, re-edit out that bullshit shot you've got of all the female superheroes, and then use that time you've saved to show us the Iron Legion. To show us the Iron Legion coming in and doing cool shit. Brilliant. Yeah, because AI. Everyone loves AI. You know, you're not allowed to be a real woman anymore uh, because the, that's illegal. The back and forth between Black Widow and Banner at the bar is awesome. I don't buy the romance between those two. I don't have many gripes with this film, but I don't I, I don't, don't see it. Buy some of the bits later on when they're meant to be romantic. Yeah. And like, oh I can't do this because I love you and all this bullshit. Um I do I do like the scene where she's he's like, I can't, I can't rescue and she just pushes him. Yeah. And she's like, I adore you, she kisses him, pushes him. It pushes and him. He comes back as Hulk. But this one initial bit where they're together at the bar. Yeah, the flirting at the bar is I think it's really well written and well acted. Yeah, they they do it well. I just don't buy that they no, become romantically involved. She wouldn't be interested. Like I know the angle they're going with is like all oh, my friends are fighters, but you don't want to be. You don't want to. Yeah. fight. you could destroy everyone, but you don't want to, and that's what makes you different and fascinating to me. But in the real world, in she'd be with Hawkeye. In the real world, <coughs> she'd be with Cap. She'd have hooked up with Cap. fucking Cap Hawkeye, Hulk, uh, someone that that's more. She's got more in common. Well, we discussed we discussed their their chemistry during um, oh yeah Winter Soldier yeah, and that is completely absent in this film. Yes, it's like they they kind of look at Josh Whedon just looked at it and went no not having that yeah. ignoring that whole thing that was built up over the last time we saw these two, and now she's in love with Bruce Banner and it's like what I mean I get it you know the opposites attract. There's not many options for romance in this film. No. Um, and using the pretty lady to calm down Raging Hulk makes perfect yeah. sense because it would be really weird if that was fucking Thor there going, the sun's getting awful low and stroking his forearm or looking deep into his green eyes. Um, but, yeah, I just don't... I don't see that they would mesh. No. Oh. It could be... Again, it could be because I, I totally ship Cap and Black Widow. Yeah. Am I right than. in thinking, though, that this dynamic doesn't really show its head again? 
Yeah, from what it's I recall, it's, con- it's no like, longer. Because he runs away game. at the end. Like, yeah. I know in the beginning of Infinity War, she goes to find him. So I don't know if there's some kind of like, yeah, it wouldn't have worked anyway conversation. I can't remember that. Oh, can I? But I don't. This I don't think it's ever referenced again. No, no. no, the fact that they nearly, nearly became a couple, and she wanted to have a shower with him. I mean, let's be honest. Natasha must have a death wish if she really wants to hook up with the Hulk, right? <laughs> she probably thinks she can handle it. Oh, one of the funniest lines in this film, and it probably got missed by most people watching it. Um, it's when they're all standing around and they're all trying to lift up the hammer. One of my favourite scenes in the film. Yeah, it's incredible. But when Tony's up there and he's and he's like, so if I lift this, I get to Rawazna. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, uh, I will be reinstating Prima Nocta. <laughs> <laughs> like that probably went over so many people's heads. <laughs> but it's such a good joke. Yeah, it's it's typical. It's this typical proper Tony Stark. Tony Stark, yeah. yeah. But it's clever Ryan as well because yes. those of us that have watched Braveheart know what Prima Nocta is. <laughs> Most people would either just have no idea or forgotten, right? Yeah. So that joke goes over the majority of people's heads, <laughs> even though it's a pretty filthy joke yeah. for um uh, for, for a Disney fucking Disney film, property yeah. yeah brilliant and what I'm watching them all trying to do it and you're like oh it's magnets yeah. it's physics it's whatever and then you've got like Tony Duke goes and gets the glove and then you've got him and War Machine both with their yeah. gauntlets like, on trying you to even, do it are you even pulling it he's like we're a team and they're just Argh. and fucking Black Widow's like oh no that's not a question I need answering and when Steve uh, Rogers gets up and grabs it and, and it, it wiggles tiny, and tiny. fucking you see Dawn and he's like <gasps> Wait, is he going to lift it? <laughs> My next night literally says, Thor's relief that Cap can't pick up the hammer. It's yeah. great. It's just that that one reaction of suddenly he's like, oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no, it's fine. It's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Which, again, comes back and plays out perfectly in... In Endgame. Endgame, when he, when he throws it to him and he's like, I'm worthy. Yeah. Uh, only when we created a murder bot. Yeah. That's in the, the back and forth between fucking dingy and dingy. Yeah, and it's that. just like uh, Banner's sequences with Stark are brilliant. They're some of um, the best um, interpersonnel scenes because they're both geniuses. And it's one of the few people that Stark treats as an equal. Yeah. I'm going to use my next note and then we're going to come back to yeah. it because it's not just them two. Mm. I know this isn't a hot take or an original thought, <laughs> but the writing in this film is incredible. Yes. But. It's not just Stark and Banner or Stark and Cap mm. or Stark and anybody else. <laughs> it's any scene with Tony Stark in. Like, he has a different relationship with everyone, but yeah. each relationship he has at some point becomes integral to the story of whatever film. Yeah. But <laughs> he's got different relationships with everyone, and each one is so, like just draws you in yeah like you want they're very personable yeah. relationships but it's just it is him rjd rdj yeah robert downey jr is he's, he's just so really good. really good but like his relationships with all the other characters are incredible in this film it's him and banner yeah in other films it's him and cap yeah in other and <clears throat> there is other times where it was him and happy yeah, like, yeah. Anytime he has a relationship with someone, suddenly that is the must-watch relationship. Yes, I think I'd like it with him and Banner because he's because the only person intellectually yeah. he treats as an equal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because he knows that you know, there are things that Banner knows or is better than he is. He, it's, it's a rare thing for he, him to admit someone else does something. He treats better him than like him. an equal to a point. Yeah, 
doesn't stop him from manipulating him into doing whatever. Oh he no, wants. obviously because yeah. he's a fucking he's a narcissist. Because <laughs> so. he's got a common more IQ points. <laughs> but yeah, he's the only one he treats. Well, they can't. They're kind of like intellectually as a. They're kind of like the two opposite ends of of the the brilliant scientist yeah. one. You, you, he Stark is aware of the fact that he's a super genius and is narcissistic about it. Banner isn't aware. Although he is a super genius, he's not aware of that fact, so he's very innocent and very naive. Tony Stark's reckless, doesn't give really give a fuck. He thinks that it's his idea. So it'll, he's a, it'll be fine, and if it isn't, he'll sort it out. Banner, who already fucked up once and created the Hulk. Exactly. Is is the very opposite end. He yeah. is so... He overthinks Scared. everything because he's worried about making a mistake. Yeah. Uh, the fact Ulysses' ship is branded... Churchill, Great Britain. Yes. It's a nice touch considering um, he went into a foreign land and stole their prized possession. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that because as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's an odd name. Wait, no, it's not. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's so <laughs> subtle. Yeah. And until I sat down to watch this film to write my notes, I probably wouldn't have even put the two yeah. together. But seeing as I was picking apart You're looking at the Looking me, for details like that. I was like, he also went to oh another land and stole their prize possession. <laughs> <laughs> He's just purely British, right? Uh, I'd, I'd like. I think I'd like to live on a retired ship. It'd be quite not fun. necessarily like a cargo ship like that, but like a, a, a cruise liner or even a ferry. A cruise liner, a cruise liner would be insane. Lost on a cruise liner. Yeah, well, I'm thinking like you know, like a cross-channel ferry or something. Okay, convert that. You have it. Dry docked somewhere, so not bobbing around all the time. Oh, like, yeah, that would be quite good. Cool. But like, just have that converted. Maybe that's what the Tajigia compound should be. It'll be like the fucking the ship that rocked the oh, pirate okay. radio the thing. Pirate we'll radio. just we'll just buy a cruise line, a cruise liner. Sorry, not an entire park cruise it line. out in international waters. Yeah, where there are no laws, and just pump out our bullshit all over the world live. Done. Boom. There we go. Hi, that was back. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even though he's only in a vision. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, as cool as this action scene is, I can't help but notice all the mindless damage they do to that city. So th- this is the first one when Hulk... Oh, bloody, you jumped ahead. Oh, okay. Didn't you talk about the whole scene, the whole scenes with, with Claw? And the fact that he actually has a bowl of sweets on his desk. He's like an international mercenary arms dealer. Oh, yeah. He's got a Like, bad genuine bad guy, but he's actually got a bowl... I thought it was a joke. And then, obviously... Quicksilver nips over there yeah. and, and comes back eating one, and it's like he's actually got a bowl of boiled sweets on his desk. Uh, I, I love it's a completely pointless detail, but um, Pietro grabbing Mjolnir in flight and yeah. just being dragged along with it. Brilliant, yeah. Uh, oh, and then the Hulkbuster suit is awesome. Yeah, yeah, that whole oh, fighting what thingy. Called it Veronica. Veronica. Yeah, yeah. I love that when it comes down. And it all breaks apart into these little bits. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, go to sleep, go to sleep, yeah, go to sleep, yeah. go to sleep. <laughs> as cool as this action scene is, I can't help but notice all the mindless damage they do to that city. Speaking of action sequences, this film goes out of its way to escalate from the last film. And the film benefits from that. Oh, yeah. That original opening scene that we've already blown is on par with some of the stuff we saw in the finale yes, of Avengers. Of Avengers Assemble. So by the time we get to the finale of this one, every action scene building up to it had to incrementally get bigger yeah. to a point where you're creating something that the world is something so big the world has never yes. seen before. Right? And they continue that right through yeah, to, to Endgame. To Endgame. Yeah. And then quite sensibly, 
reset. Yeah. Because once you've had this pan-galactic battle with literal armies clashing in space... You can't really it, go... It's hard to escalate. I mean, the, the only time I've ever seen anyone escalate from that is in Guru and Lagan, when they literally build giant mechs from entire galaxies and have them have a fight in the void of the universe. Okay. And then they reset, because that's literally like two realities fighting each other. But you couldn't realistically do that with no. um, the Avengers, because that would just be... Unless Cap Tony became Stark. like a star system. Tony Stark... Tony Stark builds a mech to represent <laughs> the Milky Way. The Milky Way, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, dropping an entire building on Hulk. Turns out oh, yeah. it isn't uh, overkill at all. <laughs> How quickly can we buy this building? Yeah. <laughs> you never actually find out if he buys it or he just collapses it. And then, yeah, pays you for it You assume he buys it, yeah. Uh, the least impressive member of the team is the only one who walks out unscathed from Wanda's attack. Yeah. Which is that's a nice touch, yeah. Because everyone else is all kind of like, oh man, that was we we fucked up, we suck. And then he's just like, yeah. I'm a flying now. <laughs> uh, what I'd give to be able to just swing a hammer and disappear like four. <laughs> it's literally like, mm, yes, Woom, yeah. gone. I'm like every social situation I was ever in. <laughs> Just swing the hammer and disappear. Oh, where is it? Uh, when he's like, when they walk into Hawkeye's house, and he's like, "Oh, these are these are all Shield agents." Yeah, and it's like these are smaller agents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, Tony, he actually has a family. He's really good at keeping secrets. Uh, that reminds me of that bit where um, Ultron first meets the twins, and he's like, uh, "Smaller people, children, children." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I lost that word right there. I was like. Your technology. <laughs> That's one of the things that makes his his Ultron so good is that he humanizes yeah, it absolutely. so well. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, Barton becomes the whole team's dad, and this is probably the closest we will ever come to getting a Hawkeye solo movie. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. No, they gave him a series, yeah. which I've never watched because there's too much Marvel stuff, and I'm I'm, a, I'm at Marvel saturation point. Yeah, at some point in like year five, we'll have to cover it, so we'll mm. watch it. Yeah, this film contains nearly all of the characters from the previous Marvel films, and doesn't want feel like they're just cramming them in there. No, they managed to make space, except possibly Thor. He gets that weird subplot with Doctor yeah. Selvig, and it's nice to see Doctor Selvig yeah. with his trousers on. But um, not being a villain, it one. feels that whole thing with uh, with Thor Selvig and the what is it, the Waters of Sight. That whole subplot there feels more like leftover content from the previous Thor film, yeah, than something for this film. It does, but it also it introduces the Infinity Stones. The Infinity Stones, yeah. And someone it it may have been a. Uh, like a B plot that kind of just showed a selfie and gave four yeah. time on his own. But it probably saved a lot of time in having to have a character figure out, figure it out yeah. what was going you on. just do it in a vision sequence. He just went, he had his vision, and then he comes back at the correct time yeah. to create vision. So we don't have anything specific for Thor to do for a lot of this film. So he can do this bit. Yeah. Um, can anyone just pick up Loki's scepter and use it to mind control people? I get Loki being able to do it because, yeah, because he's a god. You know, he's like a god. Tricks the god. Um, and it's been shown how to use it by Thanos, who gave it to him. But Ultron just picks up and knows how to use it on Doctor Cho. He's got. He's been on the internet. He figured it out. He watched a YouTube 
uh, tutorial. Watch a YouTube tutorial. Some Indian guy from 2003 told him how to work it out, how to use it. Yeah. God bless Indian guys from 2003 on YouTube, teaching uh, us all how to do everything. I completely forgot the Infinity Stones appear in this film, mm. but it's a nice foreshadowing. Yes. I mean, obviously, any comic book geek watching these films they, knows... They already know exactly what's happening. ...going to happen eventually, but for the, the just fair weather... Yeah. Fans. For the normies. It's a nice little, like, huh, yes, a little bit of information about, about the Infinity Stones. And you're like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's difficult now, obviously, sitting here with the benefit of hindsight looking back. Yeah. You can see what they were doing and how they did it. And it's like, yeah, and we know all about the Infinity Gauntlet and blah, 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 blah. But back then, we didn't. The information we got was what was in the films yeah. or in the, the associated series and stuff. So... If you were a comic book fan, or like I did, if you were you were like, well, this is interesting, and you Googled it and read into the, the yeah. lore from the comics, you could extrapolate from that and get a reasonable idea of where they were going with it. But for, for normal people, you're watching this, and it's like, oh, my God, what are these things? These yeah. must be a part, because I recognise that and this, and especially and you, if you've watched them all recently. And then you go and watch Ant-Man, you go and watch Black Panther, and then you watch whatever, and then you come back, you sit down for Infinity War, and you're like... They're fucking back! Them <laughs> things. What? <laughs> it also like I I watched. There's a live panel video with the cast of Hellier on uh, YouTube. Mm. Is there the nothing other. we can't link back to Hellier in some Not way? Not at all. I watched it the other day, <laughs> and Cole says at one point, like going back and like editing and um, like, rewatching this, mm. I realised how much of a rewatch value it has because. The second time you watch it, all the little things that you didn't realise were signs and were clues originally. Yeah, you'll start. You can rewatch it. Oh, oh my that. god! And so it, you get to watch it with a different experience. Yeah, and that holds true here as well. Yes, that this film has of oh, this in, the entire MCU up until the end of Endgame because I can't talk to anything else. No. <laughs> um, but you get m- multiple. Lots of rewatch value. Yes. Because like like this, we're watching this and you see the Infinity Stones and you're like, forgot they... I forgot they even appeared in Thor's yeah. vision here. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's another film already we've seen where somebody mentions Thanos. Yes. And it's just like... It, it all more, gets pieced together and every, going back looking at yeah. it, you're like, you pick up on things you didn't you see the first didn't time. See, yeah. So it gives now it... Now you know. Massive rewatch value. Yeah. Uh... Even I wanted to give Nat- and now we all know my my thoughts on on hugs and personal yeah. intimacy like that. Even I wanted to give Natasha a hug when she talks about being sterilized. Oh yeah, and yet Bruce Banner just stands there fucking stolid, like man, that that man has got some willpower. No wonder he can hold the Hulk at bay. Yeah. Jesus, uh, the architecture of the building they built Ultron in is beautiful. I thought it was the Nexus, so I wrote Nexus and I had to put a line for it because it wasn't the Nexus. <laughs> but whatever that built, the actual architecture of that building is incredible. Uh, the adventurous part of me would love to weave through traffic on a motorbike like Black Widow. The realist in me knows I'd end up under the first car <laughs> I tried to manoeuvre around. Yeah, you bounce off the first yeah. bonnet. Uh, how, does, how does that train not derail? So I think this is during the fight sequence, the train just comes off. Oh, it just plows through the fucking straight. street in and a straight no point line. Does it derail, go either way? Because the filmmakers. Yeah. Um, having the team go, oh, do me a favour, try, try not to bring it to life. 
lol, surprised Nick Fury motherfuckers yeah. just creeping around <laughs> the corner to talk to Tony Stark and say, you've been a dick again. That worked because, I obviously, as I've said before, I forgot more than this film than I remember. <laughs> yes. So when that, that scene played out, I was just like, oh, that was nice. I forgot that was going to happen. Yeah. It got me. Uh, um, having the team go to Barton's secret farmhouse yeah. is a clever way to ground the team yeah. and remind them what they're fighting for. Yeah. Because obviously it all gets, like we were saying, it's, it's constantly escalating and you've got guards and you're fighting weird space aliens and yeah. sentient robots and shit. That's, and it's you could tend to get a little bit lost. That's the calm before the oncoming storm. It's like, uh, what's his name says it? Um, birdie guy, Birdman. Falcon. Falcon uh, says at the the party scene, oh, oh no, yeah. no, avenging is your world. Yeah. Well, at least until the end of this film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when suddenly you're an Avenger. Um, but yeah, like, you know, avenging is its own little encapsulated yeah. world where they live in the Avengers Tower and they do this sort of stuff. And this brings it home to all of them. You know, these are the people. This yeah. is what we're fighting to protect. And it, it kind of grounds and centres them before they go off and have their research in the third act. It would be act. quite easy to feel like they're the Avengers, they're gods. Like, there are no stakes for them. They're always yeah. going to win. But to introduce you to the family of one of the Avengers yes. really kind of hits home that it's not just them they're fighting for. They're fighting for everybody everyone. else. And just because they may be indestructible gods, the rest of us aren't. Yes, and so we're all quite fleshy yeah uh um the look on force face when vision hands in the hammer is priceless oh yeah yeah um, um how, hang on you jumped ahead of me again oh sorry <laughs> how, how you got how you can jump in like because whole stretches of the film stretches of the film why didn't write any notes because i was enjoying Useless. it um we're monsters buddy we gotta own it coincidentally what we tell each other whenever we think this pod has gone too far yeah after we, i say <laughs> for find what you love at the end we both hug and remind each other that we're not monsters it's all in the name of entertainment that doesn't happen because as i as i mentioned about five minutes ago i don't like hugs well i'll, um, go, I'll go downstairs hug amy apologize <laughs> <and I don't laughs> uh well we're way past that i could choke the life out of you and never change a shade yes now that is some scary bruce yeah. banner right there where he's like i literally want to kill you where you stand yeah. and it's like whoa he wouldn't even get angry. He's just he ready to her. murder a bitch. Like, Banner grabs her by the throne. He's like, don't move. <laughs> like, yeah, don't move, because he will literally <laughs> pop your head off. Snap your neck. Uh, Chaucer got an upgrade, yes. and he's not a shouty, but we didn't get laryngitis from this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> callbacks, guys, callbacks. Episode 151. That's the only thing this film really missed, was right before they went into battle. <laughs> <laughs> Ultron had to give a Chaucer-style speech. <laughs> James Spader yeah. giving a Chaucer-style introduction. <laughs> that would have been perfect. Oh, yeah. So let me change that. Right before they're all about to go into battle, when uh, <laughs> that guy says, like, this is what I've got, that's when the vision sort of should have appeared. Just giving his big, <laughs> big flowery. Ladies, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> on one side, we have the Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. On the other side, we have Ultron, a cunt and his army. <laughs> <laughs> An overgrown iPhone. Yeah. Uh, where did they get to? Uh, when when Vision and Thor are talking, um, after Vision has obviously like spawned and flown up to the window, and he's, and he's talking, he looks at him, 
looks down at his cape and then suddenly adds a cape yeah. to his own outfit. I'm just like, capes, man. Everybody needs a cape. Oh, what I'd give to be able to just, like, think something can happen. And just, yeah. I mean, uh, the rest of the world is glad that you can't just do that. Be me. We've me. all seen that Simpsons episode. Me walking around with a foot-long cock. Um, I'm, I'm six foot, man, honestly. <laughs> I don't think I'd be too far wrong by saying the action set pieces in this film are almost unparalleled at this point outside of the MCU. Like, no, I don't at think you would. This point in cinematic history, mm. only the MCU can compete was, was with doing, what we see yeah, in this film. They, 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 their action sequences were unparalleled at this point. Since then, everyone's cottoned on to how? the tricks and how to do it, yeah. and we now see it a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. Not just because there's more MCU, but other people. Every time a film of this level comes out, this magnitude, special effects, this good, it's normally because they've had to make a jump yes. in special effects to get there. To and get to that point. So, and unfortunately, jumps in special effects cost money. But not just that. It's just once they've, like a year after this film come out, everyone else has followed them and made the jump. And yeah. So this film becomes standard. And then the next, they have to be another jump to the next film. <laughs> but at this point, outside of the MCU, or even inclusive of the MCU, yeah. No there was there was twice. nothing com, com, there was nothing comparing to this. No. It was in the league Just like of its own. that opening scene of Saving Private Ryan was incredible for a couple yes. of years because no one had ever done that. Because before. that was just that was that was again unparalleled. It was out there. There was nothing to compare to it. This stands head and shoulders above everything else until yeah. probably <laughs> the next the two Avengers films yeah. where they outdo themselves. Um, Vision when Vision picks up Mjolnir. And hands it to Thor, like you said earlier. That's that, I love that because that's a very quick but very effective way of establishing. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's whatever. Because it's like you yeah, know, if like, he can pick up me. We had that whole thing earlier where everyone was like, "Oh!" And you yeah. got all the other good guys, and most they can manage is a twitch from Captain America, who's yeah. like the goodest of the yeah. good guys. Um, it's like in that one moment with that one physical act. He shot everybody up in that room and everybody's yeah. back on the same team, backfiring. And everyone watching, yeah. there's no doubt in anyone's mind. They're like, well, Mjolnir says he's a good guy. It has been quite yeah. firmly established that that is the measure. Okay, well, if Mjolnir says, fine, we're on board too. So everyone's on the same page I in and out of the film. I really like four in this film. He doesn't get... doesn't do a lot. <laughs> no, but he doesn't get as much screen time and he hasn't got as much of an intrinsic part he of the only gets 40, He gets less than 15 minutes on screen. But the way they use him is one of the best, rep, for me personally, best representations of four as a character. Mm. He's not the butt of all the jokes which he no. goes on to become. But he's also not the the focus, right? Yeah. Like he is in those early four films when he has to be yeah. this person. He has these funny moments, mostly like facial expressions and stuff, as I pointed <laughs> out, like that look he gets when Cap can't pick it up. Yeah. That look he gets when he hands it when to him. When he just hands it to him casually. Like, but... He, and he is... Like, there is some levity around him, but he's not the B-O-N-D-O levity of the entire film. No. Like... He's a hero, and he's heroic, and no one makes fun of him. It's like this is <laughs> yeah. perfect four, right? He he is a Deus Ex Machina in this film, yeah, because uh, he obviously fights alongside the others, and he has the party thing, and Mjolnir plays a key part yeah. in, as we said, establishing Vision as a as a good guy. Um, then he kind of fucks off, yeah, and he comes back a little bit, and then he fucks off again, and then he has. 
he goes away and has this vision of vision. Um, and then he comes back to create vision, who is what is needed. And yeah, he, yeah he, he's not, like I said, on screen for less than 15 minutes. He's intrinsic to the story because about him, certain things don't certain happen. Certain things don't happen and the Avengers would have lost. But the use of him, like... Even just... at the end, when him and uh, Stark take out the the, the vibranium yeah. core on, on Sokovia and what have you, it it's like, okay, you need Thor to do this thing. So he has to electrify it from the yeah. top. But it all focuses... On Iron Man, yeah. and it's kind of like they just they, they almost use Thor like his namesake. He becomes this this force of nature yeah. sort of thing that does stuff, but doesn't really get any attention. No, but he gets enough attention, but without constantly having to be the butt of jokes. I think I'm just sore because um, this is kind of the last time we see heroic Thor. Yeah. From now, from then on, he becomes a comedic character, yeah. and I, I guess that's like what that. I guess. Like he's not. Because in the first couple of four films, I think they're still trying to figure out the character before. Yeah. He's, here, very, he's quite stayed. Here, you get perfect four. He's not too much of the old four, and he's not too much of what four becomes. Of what he becomes, he's yeah. He's just simple. He's and, a nice balance in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, subtle, subtlety is not something you expect from an Avengers film. <clears throat> but when Quicksilver dies, and the Scarlet Witch screams out of pain... Uh, we have saved the harrowing sound and they just play music instead. Yes. It's one of them little creative choices they do a lot of the time to kind of make stuff kid-friendly. Yeah, right? yeah. But I really like it here. You're doing a Thor this episode, you know that. You keep disappearing off and coming back and I have to then race to catch up and fill in the blanks that you missed. I've only got two left, so just Fucking hell. two notes there. Uh, so you do yours and then I'll just finish. After the, the whole rescue of uh, Natasha yes. by Bruce Banner. Yes. And then her, like, yelling as Hulk is leaping up onto Sokovia. Um, yeah, she's like... Ah, she's ah, like ah, ah. <laughs> um, that actually made me probably laugh yeah. out loud. Uh, Cap's little speech. You get hurt, you hurt them back. Yeah. You get killed, and you're like, what's he going to say? Kill them back? You walk it off. Yeah. After that little speech, Cap, they'd probably try. Yeah. Um, if Cap said that to me, I'd definitely... Yeah, I would certainly be trying. I'm dead. You've got to walk it off. Cap <laughs> needs me. Um... I love the. I love how Barton basically adapts the Maximoff twins for that for this the whole last bit. Yeah. Um, the city is flying. We're fighting an army of robots, and I have a bow and arrow. Lol. Hawkeye may actually be my favourite character in this film. Uh, I even love his Avengers coat that he has for the first part of that battle. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially when he considers shooting Pietro and starts talking to himself. It's like, but how he could get over yeah. it? No, no, when I saw him, I saw him last, he was fine. I guess he just died. Yeah. Well, isn't it <laughs> he was underneath Ultron last yeah. time. <laughs> Again, though, like, I think I, I did say this earlier, it's not an actual note, but I love their back and forth. Yes. The whole way through it, like that bit especially, but right at the end when you find out that he gave his new kid his name, yeah, is his middle name, yeah. It's a perfect little way to round off what started as a antagonistic, antagonistic rivalry and ended up with respect yeah. because he gave his life. It's, an, yeah, it's a lovely little arc. Yeah. Um, again, it gives something for guy to do as well. Yes, well, again, it shows that he's the heart at this yeah. point in the in the the MCU. He is the heart of the team. Yeah, uh, I do love me a helicarrier. In fact, what I was saying earlier about cruise ship. I'm going to get a cruise ship. I'm going to get a helicarrier. Okay. I'm going to live in a helicarrier. Get one out of mothballs for you. <laughs> uh, Rosie's reaction to seeing Vision for the first time. Okay, what? 
yeah. is the most understandable reaction anyone has to anything in this whole film. Yeah. Because he just comes flying in there like, ah, oh, yeah, show him what we got. Fucking War Machine comes in minigun blazing. Yeah. And then Vision just comes in and starts phasing into robots and ripping them apart. And he's just like, what? <laughs> Which uh, must be like a weekly occurrence if you hang around the Avengers. Yeah, hang around with the Avengers long enough, yeah. yeah. that's You probably get used to it. Yeah. Um, I really didn't like the Pietro character the first time I watched this film. I remember disliking him quite a lot. I remember not really... I remember being... Ap- ap- Sorry, there's my gas. There's your gas. Apathetic to both of them because although they're intrinsic to the story, they don't bring a lot personality-wise. Well, see, that that was kind of what I think why I didn't like him. What we get series personality. I think just the first time I watched it because there's a lot to take in in this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. Um, I t- he came off as abrasive and unpleasant, and I was like, I don't like you, and I'm glad you got shot. Yeah. After, over the years and subsequent rewatches, I've softened towards him. He's actually not a bad character. I like him. And it's a shame they killed I mean, him off. I mean, I know they had to do it. They needed that emotional punch. Yeah, someone um, had to die. Yeah. And he wasn't going to be an Avenger. And it wasn't going to be one of the actual Avengers. Um, and we and we know that they can... already had plans for Wanda. Yeah, so. well, I mean, Wanda's got so many more creative possibilities. Yes, Really? Unless they wanted to go down the Flash line yeah. with um, Quicksilver, which they couldn't because Warner Brothers had already done that in the Flash TV series. Yeah. So there weren't many creative avenues left. Yeah. So it was kind of a done deal that Quicksilver was going to die in this film. But it's also a shame because he would have been an interesting character to oh, see. Absolutely, but his death obviously sends his trauma for Wanda, which sends her off on her own path. Yes. And it's, it's a death that works for this film. But it's a death then and works. It lays groundwork on. going yeah. forward. But it um, is a shame because I would have liked to have seen him back. Yeah. You're unbearably naive. Well, I was born yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> and then he just fucking obliterates yeah. him. Uh, the little ending montage that ties everything together and sets the stage for the next round of films, yeah. which is obviously where they're all at the new Avengers compound, yeah. and Tony's like, Yeah, no, I'm getting out of it. And it's like, No, you're not. Because yeah. we all know you come back. Because you just can't leave it. You can't leave well enough alone. Yeah, but yeah at this point, he's, he's not, as we previously discussed earlier, he's got him over the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah, know, he know he's do what he wants. Um, I swear to God, they literally just wait for They two wait till we start recording. Two o'clock, two on, o'clock a on a Sunday. And they all start having chats. Sorry, guys. The, the, the um, cultist chat is blowing up our phones and my PC with, with yeah. notifications. Um, it's like every Sunday at two o'clock, they all start like being friends with each other. <laughs> Uh, what was it? I like that here in only the second Avengers film they're already starting to rotate team members yeah. which is a nice nod to the comics because obviously over the years in the comics no, although yeah, you've constantly. had the mainstays there have been there's been fucking X-Men on there and oh, all sorts yeah, yeah, yeah. and like three three main Avengers teams and then Canadian versions and there's the European version and there was a Russian one at one point and <laughs> It's just like, I, I like the fact that, you know, this is the second official Avengers film and they're already rotating them out. What are you giggling at? I'm trying to stop myself from making a really offensive joke I almost made about Russia. Okay, then. I mean, it's Russia. I think it's fair. I think they're fair game at the Okay, moment. the Russian Avengers are just out hunting LGBTQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the number one target is Kitty Pride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Comic book references! <laughs> <laughs> Also, stop trying to make her a thing. It's not... No, she's just a shit character. Um, you can't say that. She's Jewish. It's just anti-Semitic, man. I don't give a fuck. I'm fairly certain that... Uh, who else is Jewish in the X-Men? 
They're all Jewish. Okay. I've just decided. Professor X requires that they all get their foreskins cut off before they're allowed to join the X-Men. Come on. We've been, how long have we been going? A fucking ages. Two hours and 20-ish. Oh, so, yeah. Um, our, our Avengers material was uh, long. Long. Yeah. Uh, I want that statue that we see over the ending credits. I... It's like a like an ivory rendition of the fight against oh, yeah, the yeah, Ultron yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I robots. would love that. Yeah, yeah. Not as much as I would love a Mothman statue, but I would love that. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. No. <laughs> An obvious endgame foreshadowing is obvious. Yes. It's a shit end credit scene. Yeah. Compared to some of the others where you're like, oh, that's clever. And this is literally just Thanos going, ha, I've got an Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, after two and a half hours of incredible film, it's like, yeah. I'm sure Joss was... They were just done. Yeah. Like, I want to get out of here. Yeah. Uh, right. I love the fact that Hawkeye gave his new son the middle name of the man who saved his life by sacrificing himself. Yes, it's a nice that. touch. And this film has taken a bit of drobbing. Uh, pers- this film has this taken... This is a, a terribly written article. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck Who the fuck this? wrote this bullshit? Touch it's- it. Get better writers. This film has taken a bit of a drubbing, but personally, I really enjoyed it. I think it was a near impossible job to follow up Avengers, but I got it almost right here. Mm. So for that, it's getting an 8.5. Yeah, it sits in an awkward place because they had to tell another Avengers story. Before they could get to where they really Before they could get to where they really wanted to be. But obviously they'd done the intro and the, the, the origin story, not only for the Avengers, but for all the, the superheroes. So yeah, this it's is kind of like a, it's almost two. a filler. No, it's act two. Yeah. Of the Avengers arc. Which is an and awkward it, place to be as a standalone is, thing. It, it does what an act two does. It, it introduces the uh, Infinity Stones, which are yeah. the main proponent of act three. Yeah. It, you get to see all your, you kind of get to see all your characters, um, Develop, yeah. Develop past what I wear in Act One. Yeah, you get new characters brought in. Yep, and it's all wrapped it up. It sets, it creates tension and sets undertones and things. And you got that then carry forward. Great villains. Yep, but as part of their, as part of the story, they have to kill. They have to get rid of that villain by the end of the film. One of them yeah. before the end of the film. Therefore. Like, they're great <laughs> and they're villainous and they're a threat to the world. They're but a genuine threat. By the time this film's over, you're never going to hear about them again. And it's so it functions so well on so many levels. Yeah. I know that the Ultron threat has, has come back again and again in the comic books because, yeah. like they say, it literally takes one of them or one fragment of one of them yeah. to escape and it can come back. And I know other villains have used Ultron. Yeah. They've basically used him as a cat's paw. To, to get to the Avengers or a particular superhero or whatever. That's why Vision says right at the end, you're the last one. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, who you ever was he? Is he though? Is he, is he a bit lurking somewhere on a stark hard drive or something? Come on. In the world of the MCU, where even if, like, you know, you get obliterated by a nuke, you'll probably come back to life. 20 years yeah. from now, they'll go, right, it's time to bring back Ultron. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I gave it uh, an eight. Although I'm now thinking it's probably worthy of, of at least half a point more. Because we've talked about this a lot. Are we going 8.5? We'll, we'll go 8.5s all round. Because, again, I've talked it up. So, uh, as promised, uh, I will link this back to every other week. Oh, yeah. Well, you and Roxanne gave this film a 15 and a half. Whereas me and Rooney gave it a 17 out of 20. 
There you go. What? So what did they give it? 15 and a half. Will and gave a half. it an eight and Roxanne gave it seven and a half. Oh, yeah, but she's only read the synopsis. Yeah. So that, I don't think that really counts, does it? <laughs> well, they wanted to know what our score would be so they could compare their score to ours. So I can tell them what our score is. Our score's right. Theirs is wrong. <laughs> Find what you love. Believe in it. Positive things will happen. Right, Rony, Rony, Rony. Right, calm yourself. Calm okay. down. The sun's getting real low. Real low. It's time to sleep. Stop stroking me.